previously on the Project Umbrella podcast. Stars Tarrant, you've been very busy twitching. I'm still totally keen for hats on all enemies. I really <laughs> am, I think. If you... We're so used to him sort of blindly throwing a grenade over his shoulder and winking at the camera <laughs> and speeding up on his bike. He likes to say Jesus Christ a lot in this. How far do you think this remake train can run? I have a PAL copy of the original and someone's written in the back in the notes just two words that just says, Be safe. Oh, <laughs> that was lovely. Welcome to episode 50, yet we can't believe it either, of the Project Umbrella podcast. That's more episodes than some of the greatest shows ever made, including Faulty Towers, Gavin and Stacey, The Inbetweeners, but sadly not as much as Love Island. I'm Nick, better known as Neptune, and in the spirit of the remake, I wondered how our podcasters would be if they were given a reimagining. Ask him who the lead character of Resident Evil 3 Nemesis is. He has no idea. It's Batman. Hello. His favourite director. Well, that'll be Paul W.S. Anderson. It's Romby. <laughs> Hi. And finally, he has a 100% accuracy record with the rocket launcher. It's Stars Tyrant. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> coming up... Well, anyone who's watched his streams will know he's yeah, superb, superb. Anyway, coming up on today's <laughs> podcast, we've got no time for news. We're, we're, we're not bothering. The news is Resident Evil 2 has been announced. That's all you need to know about. We're going straight into the Remake 2 discussion. Bit of housekeeping. This podcast will be looking at the game itself, in a nutshell, if you like. We're not going to be talking about the lore um, and the future of the Resident Evil series because of this, where it fits in the timeline. That's saved for episode 51, which uh, I can't wait for that. But this one, we're going to be looking at how the game played, the mechanics, um, the lighting, the graphics, what we liked, what we didn't like, um, the different areas. And we've decided to do what some of our popular podcasts have done in the past and kind of go through it area by area and dissecting every um, every every uh, location to its detail. We've had a lot of call-ins as well, so we're going to be uh, going through some of them. In fact, we've had so many, uh, we've realised we, we may have to put some on episode 51, but we'll, uh, we'll see how we go. And if we've got time, we'll have a new edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. So with that in mind, we'll start off with Remake 2. No! Don't shoot! Get down! <laughs> We gotta get out of here. You all right? Yeah, I think so. Thanks. You can thank me later when we're safe. Holy shit. Hold on. 
hell is going on? I don't know. Hopefully they'll have some answers at the police station. Wait, you're a cop? Yeah, Leon Kennedy. You are? Claire. Claire Redfield. Live around here? No. I'm looking for my brother. He's a cop too. Well, it's a good thing we found each other. I don't know what to expect anymore. Attention all citizens. Due to the citywide outbreak, you are advised to take shelter at the Raccoon City Police Station. Free food and medical supplies will be provided to everyone in need. Oh my god, this is so unreal. Police station's not much farther. They'll know something. Yeah, but what if we're the only ones? What if there's no survivors? No, there's survivors. It's a big city. There has to be. Well, it's been a long time getting here, gentlemen, but Resident Evil Remake 2 is with us. We've had it for a couple of weeks, as of tomorrow, I believe. It's been one of the most anticipated and hyped uh, Resident Evil games I can remember. What were your brief impressions of this? <laughs> well, if that's even possible, to, <laughs> to put it in a concluding or opening paragraph, I don't know. It was... Everything I expected or everything I thought it would be, it's not been quite as damaging as I thought it would be. In terms of it being a Resident Evil experience, I'll just put it out there, it, it's probably the purest we've had in quite some time. Batman? Uh, really, really liked it. Um, I had a lot of fun with this game. To be honest, to give it a bit of background, anyone who listens to this podcast regularly will know that I wasn't a fan of the idea of remaking Resident Evil 2. But when Capcom finally showed it off, I was very impressed with how it looked. And as they released more and more media and videos, it became clear that this was much more of a reimagining than a straight-up remake. And Capcom clearly wanted to change around as much as they could get away with whilst retaining the essence of the original. And it was largely because of this that I was able to lay many of my fears to rest and embrace the game. I think it looked superb, it played superb, the RE engine really is something of a triumph in my eyes. I know people have complained of a few issues, but it probably has the best zombies in a video game ever for me. Um, it just seemed to be the perfect blend of old and new classic puzzles, classic locations, classic horror scenario mixed with the over-the-shoulder camera of Resident Evil 4 and 5 and 6 and the inventory system of 7. Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Minor nitpicks over the story and the soundtrack but overall i think capcom have hit the bullseye with this Rombie, do you share that view? Uh, pretty much i mean i think i was pretty positive you were too from the get-go i i out of all of us to be fair um and so i was just i just accepted it for what it was mostly because we at the end of the day they're just going to do what the company's always going to see fit i i think i'm the more i think about it i think i'm more conflicted i think on a gameplay level i've really enjoyed it i think it's a return to form but at the, at the end of the day as well i kind of almost feel like i would have preferred this entire style as a new game rather than a remake if i was going to be bluntly honest which isn't like a bad thing the remake's great for what it is trying to sum it up into a nutshell right now is is, is, a, is an unfathomable uh place the fact that that um 
the, the guys have already said so much pretty much I, I have to agree with a lot of it I mean reimagining is definitely the easiest way to determine it and I think that's the thing that becomes more and more clear the more you play it that the, the term remake is a uh, is almost a misnomer it's a not it's not the, exactly the correct label it's it's like it's taken inspiration from its origins and then they've decided to change as much as possible but at the same time it is the most purest experience gameplay wise we've had for years to, you know to, to pull out a map and points and plan a route and avoid conf- conflict and confrontation as much as possible and find that you, the, uh, the the boss battles in particular don't feel... I think I've complained about this before with, like, say, Re- Revelations, where you know it's an area where you come to a place and you're just like, this is a bottleneck. It's intentionally here to, to make sure that I have to... The, the fights do not feel like a bottleneck. They feel like earned confrontations. And so, yeah, it's, it's it, to summarise this pretty pretty hard to, to to say conflicted maybe is what i maybe i should just use the word conflicted <laughs> no i was keeping oh, yeah, it I, vague yeah <laughs> sorry sure you can come back to this but yeah no i in terms of my own view i thought it was uh, absolutely sensational game in, in many ways it was like resident evil 4 in the sense that resident evil 4 was heralded as one of being one of the greatest games one of the best games but people didn't think it was a necessarily a good resident evil game for uh, perhaps obvious reasons i think this uh, took that mantra and just said no we're going to make a brilliant resident evil game and i think they knocked it out of the park with the well with so much the atmosphere the graphics the zombies there are things i don't like and i I will come to it and i've been quite vocal about not wanting this and i that that view hasn't necessarily changed but because because of the fact that capcom clearly didn't care too much about the the overall narrative of the storyline and i think that's quite clear throughout they just wanted to make a game that people could play play and go oh yeah this is i'll remember this bit or remember something something like this back in my mind and that and for that level on that level it, it worked and it really was that reimagining and you can you can distinguish it quite well from the uh, from the remake of Resident Evil 1 which was a straight up remake so but I loved it I thought it was brilliant and from my, from my point of view it brought back that dread feeling I didn't really want to play it the number of times I think I opened up the save room door peeked out and there's Mr. X again hello and I go nope back straight back in again that's that that feeling that I had in 7 and I definitely had with this I thought is sensational but in my opinion the game didn't start particularly well when you first loaded it up and you were on the, the, the well, a tutorial level, a tu- you know, an, in, an in-game tutorial, which is almost commonplace and standard in most games. As much as I think a lot of fans wanted to go straight into the street sections and run away and probably die, uh, Capcom don't allow that much nowadays. And so you, you get, get have the opening part in the in the petrol station. I didn't really enjoy it much, to be honest. The opening the opening cinematic was quite interesting with the, with the chappy uh, uh, moaning about his wife story and whatnot. But I, I just I just I, I, I didn't like it. I thought it was unnecessary. But does anyone did anyone like the opening part? I didn't mind it for what it was. Although when when I very first loaded up for the first time, I couldn't resist the urge to just run up and down the road in the rain to see how far it would let me go <laughs> before it forced me to turn back. It, it's, um, it's a nice flip of uh, Leon's opening cutscene in that it's the driver that gets out and inspects the body in the road, and it's uh, Leon and Claire that go to the petrol station this time. They yeah. actually invert the original, which is a nice touch, I guess. I suppose from the get-go, it's that's a way of telling you 
everything's not quite as you seem as you remember it sorry uh you know whereas the the original games remake okay the intro is different but once you sort of get into the gameplay it's very familiar it all looks new, but it's familiar. This was straight out the door. Things are very different this time around. I think it served its purpose as well as a little tutorial. Sure, yeah. Be, you know, it's a really, really nice cinematic where it's ripping the flesh off the Arkley Sheriff's neck and then you have to run back out as an optional way to do it. There's a couple of little jump scares where zombies jump over the shelves. I, th- I think it was fine. It, yeah, it's, it's maybe a bit unnecessary for to create all this just for the sake of giving you a little tutorial, but yeah, it was all right for what it was. It's nice and short. I always thought that the geography was weird. There's quite a lot of zombies to be that far out of town. Yeah. But- <laughs> that was just I was going oh, okay I, I don't quite know how far you are uh, but clearly you're far enough for, the, for Leon not to have noticed anything well you get the city uh, limit sign in. don't you yeah, the, the Operation Raccoon City sign <laughs> <laughs> and that's and ladies and gentlemen that's not your first Operation Raccoon City throwback oh no um, Rob did you did you have any thoughts on the opening bit or was just, just as it was I, it, it is what it was I mean I I, I, the first thing that kind of took me out of the game, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, it was funny enough, I didn't care so much about the cutscene. I thought the, the situation with the, the truck driver, I mean, you needed to be in there somewhere. It was probably the best option to kind of start with, it, was the fact that the, the woman that he hits on the road, is it me or did it look like Mia? <laughs> like they actually used her character model oh, from Resident Evil 7. Actually. <laughs> I just wanted to. I just wanted to throw that. Out. It kind of took me a little bit out of the game. I was like, have they just recycled a, a, um, as a as a zombie for this game? But I mean, Sean probably nailed it on the head. Really, it's like it's a, it's 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 that idea of inverting, and it's something they do so much through the game as well. That yes, it is inverting things that were established that don't really are non-consequential like it, do, it doesn't really matter whether or not Leon arrived in the, the centre of town or started at a, found out at a petrol station that's never really mattered he's got to find out at some point my only concern with the opening as far as it goes is why at that point aside from Claire potentially wanting to find out what happened to her brother which you don't establish until they've already driven is why would you drive towards the city at this point you're exactly, actually still yeah. on the outskirts, so you could easily turn around and leave and then find out what's going on. I mean, Leon's decided that he wants to come in because he hasn't heard anything. Now he's seen why he hasn't heard anything. Does he really need to go into the city, into the police station to find out what's been going on? Not really. And that's the difference, I think, that really um, maybe is the biggest change of actual character development. Whereas when they arrived in the city last time, it's, um, you know, it, it's in the city before they finally see the zombies. I guess on that take the next bit going into the city and I guess this is where we're heading anyway is that I did actually like the fact that they arrive and the place is chaos like there's roadblocks there's traffic jammed there's you know it looks like what an actual if this event had been happening in the city and they tried to kind of control it and limit it it's kind of what was hinted to in Resident Evil 3 you know the original version of Resident Evil 3 assuming that they're going to remake it is definitely going to continue down this path because I think that part felt way more believable yes I suppose, I suppose that the 29th it's a, what the 29th of September in the original it's pretty much a ghost town at this point City of the Dead whereas only 24 hours later you've got all oh, what's going on in Resident Evil 3 it's a lot more and of course in Outbreak there's a lot more things going on so yes I think they I think they got that bit right but I will I will say first first sort of a controversial one then out the door and this this really goes for all the characters in this game and I don't know how you guys felt I know some people have felt very differently to me on Twitter but I will say particularly in the case of Claire I found the characters in the original very warm and very um 
very easy to get on along with and understand straight away. I don't think out the door the characters are that likable in this game. I think you have to no. really work on it. Like Claire, I find she just really jars me. The way you know she's very um, overconfident and like you know when she comes out the phone booth, she's she's very. Um, who is she on the phone to, by the way? Best, it's just, best friend. There's just something about like the characterizations in this, and, and we'll get to it with Ada as well, because I just I really I, I just really don't think the characters are all that likable. Some of them get there, which we'll discuss as we go through it. But certainly out out the out the out the gate, um, I think the characters were much more likable in the original. I think the the, the the chemistry that was in the police car scene in the original was a lot better. But I do think it gets there. I'm not, I'm not writing off the entire game's characterization and things mm. like that. But just certainly straight away, I got like a. Usually, you know, I'm always really happy to see Claire because uh, she's one of my favourite characters in the series, and straight away I got a, oh, I'm not sure about this interpretation of her. But that's just no, me, I know and I, I'm not speaking for everybody. No, it took it took me, I don't think I actually got Claire until right towards the end, but well. Mm, I, 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 yeah, I agree with that as well. But yeah, my I think my disappointment with the opening was, I suppose I classify the kind of tutorial part with my disappointment of not having a proper street section. I was looking, you know, for all the kind of chaos and whatnot, you know, I really wanted to see a lot more of the city. And as soon as you crash, it's like, head to the RPD. It's like, yes, off we go. Oh, there it is. Yeah. And, you know, and it, it was like, oh, you know, you had to do a bit of zombie dodging, but, you know, n- nothing on the on the, on the level of the opening of the game, of, of the original. Um, it, it, that, that, that requires a bit of skill to dodge then. But this was like, do, 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 do. Uh, and I was at the front door and I was like, well, that didn't take long. It's like the first bit of the street section in the original game only and then that's it and then and, yeah. and that, it's not and, and as you said not very challenging it's very easy to get around without even having to even come really that close to most i think in the original game what made it so powerful was that when you got to the rpd there was that sense of relief that you could be you knew you weren't but you could be in a relatively safe area you open the door you get that amazing cutscene, that music k- kicks in and you're like oh okay is this safe i don't know whereas this is like you've had two seconds to get out of the car, run to the RPD, and then you're kind of in the RPD. You've had no time to, I don't feel, but believe that you that there could be salvation within the RPD. Yeah. When, when, you get to the main, when you get to the main hall in the original, it is like a it's a sigh of relief, isn't it? It's like a breather, because yeah. that section, the first time you've played it, you really are thrown in at the deep end. By the time you get to the RPD, you're like, fucking hell, did I survive that? I'm on danger, I'm limping through the door, but suddenly I just feel slightly warmer and safe. Yeah, yeah. You, you survived the gauntlet, the gauntlet of the arrival. There, there is none of that in this in this version. It's a completely different feeling when you get to the RPD in this, isn't it? Because of all the they've turned it into like a trauma ward or whatever for survivors, and you just think, what the fuck's happened here? Whereas the first one, it's it's cold, it's silent, it's empty. You know, it's a bit unsettling, but at the same time, it feels safe. Yeah, I do. I do think some of the RPD's majesty is is lost. In, in the remake through the sheer amount of extra detail there are now. I, I, mm. I, I said this about the original remake, uh, the, sorry, the original game and the original remake. I kind of like the sort of empty, vacant spaces of the very original, sometimes mm. to the over-detailed corridors of the remake. The remake's a better game and it's visually way more impressive, but there's something about that sort of eerie emptiness that I really liked in the first few Resident Evil games. Mm. 
I, I think in a lot of ways, when you talk about like that mansion by comparison, it was the fact that the mansion at that point really felt like more of a front to the lab. You know what I mean? Like that the mansion didn't never really mattered as much as the laboratories hidden away, and that it was more about the fact that anyone ever came out and saw this mansion, they just think it was an old mansion and that there wasn't anything hidden, and and that's the. The, the inherent difference I think you're talking about there was a, immediately in the remake it felt like that was the case and I think but the thing is I'm, I'm going to be controversy encounter this is the fact that I do actually like the fact that the RPD became like a base a civil like a civil defense thing because that is natural it's kind of a continuation my concern is that it is that flip side that we talked about just I just just talked about before which is that it felt naturalistic that there was these barricades and they had this PA announcement telling people to go there because it's a safe zone and yet it wasn't that much of an effort to get there. It was not very hard given the distance that had to be covered and all that sort of stuff. It would have made more sense that there was more chaos surrounding the RPD because everyone had started going there. That should mm. take you a lot longer to get to it because it's blocked off, because there's more dead people, because there's more traffic. And it just doesn't, that doesn't, that, those things don't match up. I mean, you could argue the original street scene is in there in its entirety it's just mixed up throughout the game like there's a yes. party see later on with the kendo gun shop van blocking an alleyway and obviously you pass through a bus as claire to get to the orphanage don't you it's just mixed yes. up throughout the game but yeah, it could have been a lot longer things. and i have to say the streets the street level as short as it is looks gorgeous with the rain and the fire effects it really is impressive straight away they establish the fact that they're not um adhering to original raccoon geography as well I, I think that played to its advantage because as I said I, I, me being the skeptical bugger that I am you know I was playing the game and I was like oh how does this fit but you're right as soon as I got to the RPD and everything had changed within I'd only been playing two minutes I, I felt more at ease in a, in a kind of completely odd situation I was like okay this is this is going off in its own direction I can actually now sit back and enjoy it rather than being perhaps that over over critical uh, over scrutinised fan that I knew I, I was going to be but it went so quickly because because I, I just embraced this new take on the, on the game straight away yeah I mean straight away you get to the main hall then and uh, things are again a little bit different so. Yeah, so we introduced to Marvin, good old Marv, who um, I, I thought Marvin's performance was brilliant. I didn't necessarily like the dialogue, i.e. not knowing anything about I haven't got a clue what's going on, which I, seemed a bit odd. But that's only Again, that's only because we know Marvin. But if you're coming at it from the, with fresh pair of eyes... It may, you know, there's a degree of sense in that. But I thought Marvin was really good. And uh, his, I thought this performance was exceptional. Um, and again, you know, I mean, obviously we're going to leave the canon and storyline stuff to the next one, but just briefly just touch upon the fact that because he doesn't make any reference to the original game, because there isn't that opening prologue bit, you know, the narrated section where it was like two months ago, it was, you know, and all that. They straight, at, you know, straight away give you the feeling that this is a self-contained story. That it, it you know, we were thinking going in. We've talked about this on the, like the preview podcast. How many references is it going to be? How many cameos? And I think yeah. straight away it tells you you're not going to get any because this is just going to be a bubble of an experience. And, and, that's, and that's probably a good thing. And it and it helps. Yes, it helps the canon argument when we get there. One of my fears I heard early on was I felt as though it was going to handhold us through the game because you have the, the forced bit at the start, don't you, where you have to look at the security camera and go through the east wing to yeah. well, rescue you don't, Elliot. You don't, you, don't have, you don't have to look at the security camera. You can just yeah, go but straight yeah, yeah. for the... 
you have to go through that door, don't you? Yeah, you have to, you have to go to that section, yeah. And you have to trigger his encounter, and then you come back and speak to Marvin, and then he gives you the knife to open up the west wing. So you, for the first 10 be, minutes or so, it felt like you fit. were forced to go down that path, whereas in the original, it was better when you unlocked, used the key card to unlock the computer, and it unlocked both doors at the same time. It just gave me that illusion yeah. that it was more freedom I, of choice. I, I'm okay with it, though, because if you think about it in context of, say, the original... Resident Evil, that's exactly the same as when you arrive in the mansion and you have to go find out what the noise of the gunshots are and you go in that direction. And if you've got Jill and you and Barry go, if it's just Chris, it's just Chris by himself and you have to go and explore and then come back to the main hall to find that people have disappeared or whatever is going on. You know, So for, to me, that's just the equivalent of that. It's not a bad thing because you still get to that open part. It's just... In this case, yeah. yeah, it takes a little bit of time. I, I don't think that's really an, an issue. I didn't get that feeling simply because it's very similar to the original Resident Evil in that respect. Just something that that two hadn't done, but it's not better or worse for it. It's just what it is. I think I think the fear was genuine, though. I, I think I shared that kind of oh god, you know, is is this going to be like Resident Evil Five esque hand holding go to X? But you know. It, again, it's more of a tutorial, isn't it? The opening bit in the East Wing because it shuts it down afterwards. You're you get to explore the area, you get to see the how how well the torch works or doesn't work. You get to see that how great the lighting is. Um, you can shift, I think, move the locker out of the way, can't you? Just squeeze past, and it builds up. And then, like, then then you see the zombie kind of outbreak. If you like, within the you're like, oh my god, this is what I'm up against. Uh, quick, make it back, make it back, make it back, you know. <laughs> and then you get the cool scene with the head coming off. It's it's quite a linear path all the way yeah. um, till Marvin summons you back to the... It, mm. it, it's, it's pretty much a linear path until you speak to your other partner character through the gate. And then the gate, you get the uh, bolt croppers, and then the game opens up and lets you do what you want. Um, but yeah. certainly up I to mean, there, probably... it does feel like you've got a hood and you've got somewhere always to go and it... It's like, oh, oh, oh. You know, talk, talking about the the open the openness. It, it it quickly it did quickly establish that that illusion of where you wanted to go. We've always said that's what one of the big plus points of Resident Evil Seven was that there was that kind of hub area where you can plan your route and things like that. And <clears throat> it was good that that carried on. And what made it, I think, even more interesting was that you had to remember. Well, particular areas are blocked off, and then later, of course, that route that route's got liquor in it can i avoid that and then you know can i go through the library and oh, that's not a good idea that type of thing so there was a lot of even though if it was somewhat linear i i know i need to get to this point to get the the red jewel or something like that there was way there are many ways you could go about about getting to that task and that's what made it quite reminiscent of the old game i felt so let's let's, let's talk about the rpd then in a bit more detail from the from the graphical point of view there's it had a lot of changes um from the from the original but there was a lot more emphasis on the fact that it was an art museum that's been converted and um you had new new kind of rooms like the storage room and things like that which directly alluded to what what um what art was being stored and i felt i thought it looked absolutely brilliant most most, all all the rooms looked i thought it was a perfect homage to what they were and how they would probably look in 1998 and i think they got the aesthetic spot on nostalgia hasn't it so when you recognize a bit of the old layout you go oh this is really great seeing this in this new perspective but the new areas were interesting enough as well it, they, everything was bolted on very respectfully I felt 
it it didn't it didn't feel like they were extraneous additions. They felt like sensible, realistic. I mean, we talked about it early on. Obviously, the changes even to the main hall, but it's like even that makes actual sense. The ladder thing never really worked very well. I think in the original, it was it was probably more of a technical requirement in order to get you know the loading spaces between the upper and lower floors. But it's like it it just flows correctly. It doesn't make the layout or the way you explore the RPD any easier or worse. It's just it's a, it's a continual change and they all kind of feel that way I feel I only had one minor criticism and that was some areas were just too dark you know I get they were going mm. for atmosphere but I wish you know the more you went through the game it would have been nice if you could have restored power to more areas correct yeah I agree with that too as, as was rumoured and it, yeah, it didn't end up being the case yeah that would have been quite interesting you've had maybe a choice of of the fuse boxes <clears throat> and things like that to restore which power hour, and there'd be different rewards if you did one so like perhaps something become uh, available that wasn't available if it, if it remains in the dark. But then, but then again, that fuse box thing was quite a nice idea because it gives you the option, doesn't it? It's like, right, I can open that door so I've got an easy route through to the main hall, but then again, that gives Mr. X another route to follow me. So yeah, it might be a pain in the arse going all the way around, but I could technically leave that shutter down. Yes, and, yes, I did. You know, <laughs> I, did I, I, I didn't like, even think of that. <laughs> that well, was I, nice. I, I opened it anyway, I'm sure most people did, but it's nice to have that little choice, isn't it? I'll also say, yeah, talking about kind of new areas, um, I actually thought the changes to, say, Chief Iron's office worked quite well. Yeah. The um, that, that whole area still felt quite uh, although it was relatively new, it was obviously inspired by the old thing, but it felt aesthetically pleasing and made a bit more sense, I think, with the kind of secret area not being as secret, if you know well, what I mean. I was pleased they just got rid yeah. of his little torture room altogether and yeah. his lift just went down to the car park, didn't they? That was that made much more sense. And then moved his torture room to the to the orphanage, which <laughs> which I will get to when we get to when we get to that section. But uh, there's the, that that to me was very interesting. But um, um, I don't think there's too many changes that, uh, that I didn't like the station. Uh, to be honest, I think it's all all done quite well. I mean, I would say if if you were to ask me what I think the most disappointing thing was was unfortunately it was the thing I was most looking forward to. Um, is the stars office? Oh yes, it, it's yes. like it has some nice little things. Like it's obviously got the desks now to. You know, for for each of the uh, both teams, but there was just such a yeah. like, lack and, of and detail. And having a, a captain's having a captain's room as well, like makes sense. Like their separate office for the captain made more sense than the old layout. Yeah. Like I get that part as I well. Was like. just, I was hoping for so much more in the way of like law in there and files, and there is precious little outside of pretty much the things you had in the original anyway, like Chris's jacket or uh, you know. Rebecca's little medical pouch that she hangs on the wall. Again, the armory made sense. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised they removed little touches like, you know, being able to examine the star's photograph. I know. I was Uh, gutted. I was hoping we'd get like an up to date one with like, you know, the, you know, the remake or Zero Edward instead of the original, you know, sort of games version of it. It would also make sense if you examined it as clear. She made a comment about the fact that Chris is in the photo, mm. and obviously Leon wouldn't make any comment at all. It's kind of like the file when Claire makes the comment about the file not sounding like Chris, whereas Leon doesn't say anything, obviously, because he doesn't know. But um, so. shout out to the uh, hidden Rebecca photo, and she remains to be one of mm. the only characters that actually still looks like herself because it's a piece of artwork and uh, yeah. and not not a not a three D capture. 
But again, the stars office again, absolutely no mention of Wesker, no. which is which is really, which is really odd. As you said, they kind of start the captain's room again. Great idea, but I mean, I, I bothered to have a good look at like the wall. It's just it's a random portrait of some person in a black outfit and black hat, it's and, and like it's like a spare what, what pair of sunglasses on a on a stand or something, just something that you know being. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's not. He's not Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Is Wesker even mentioned by name in anything? Because I don't even think his, his actual no. name appears anywhere, does it? Apart it's from just, he's, no, he's gone. He's gone, which is just an unlockable. So, yeah. no. so strange. That, that seems odd because even if you're trying to keep this as a self self-contained storyline, there should be some acknowledgement of all the stars' mem- well, or of the key stars' members. It just seems very. But they could have put. They could have put um, the nameplates on the desks at this point because yeah, they did yeah, it with, yeah. the, with the, the office room downstairs. It wouldn't have made any difference. That, that would have made way more sense at this point because it would have been consistent with the way that the um, police officer's r- room is downstairs. It's definitely yes, a conscious yeah. decision to keep it vague, wasn't it? This 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 game really yeah. is. And again, I'm trying not to talk too much about the canon stuff, but it's naturally fallen into the conversation. This is definitely a Cliff Notes version of Resident Evil 2. That, that I think, is established think he, straight away. They, they don't go into if, the detail. Yeah. And I think even if you just had a self-contained universe with Remake 1 and, and Remake 2 in it, it, it would still feel kind of jarring because the second one, even though it's got zombies in it, it still feels completely unrelated, really, because I think there's two references in the entire game to the mansion incident, yeah. and both of them are just just in files. And as we'll get to Ada, you know, you don't even get the link of her being John's boyfriend anymore. John, yeah, yeah. Cover story, yeah. Because that could have still been existed. It still doesn't make any difference about her no. new, the plausibility of her new cover story. It's It, it could have just been an addition to that fact. Mm-hmm. That she was undercover. Yeah. I say other rooms that, uh, I suppose, were other areas of the RPD that, that uh, stuck out for anyone in particular. Did it, What about the, 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 the new scene with the helicopter? Well, it's it's non like completely non-eventful this time, isn't it? It's it's even done off screen. No matter how fast you try and be in either scenario, you don't. Act, there is no actual physical crash. It's just there. Yeah. You can hear it. The, the closest is yeah. The closest to physical is if you're on the if you're in the A scenario. You're upstairs. You got you get knocked around and you get a bit of dust down the yeah, flying down the, the light corridor. Pass, passes by the window. But I mean, it's it's completely it Feels disingenuous to the amount of impact that an actual helicopter crash would have too on the building to me. Like it's just such a memorable yeah, well, moment yeah. in the original to just be. I mean, it's this, I, I feel exactly the same. It's, it seems to be all to do with helicopters. Mister X's arrival is just I think <laughs> just so uneventful in this. It's just. He doesn't have. He doesn't have an. No, an well, arrival. he just lifts the helicopter. He's just up. there. His, well, yeah, his well, arrival is knocking the helicopter. He's just there. Otherwise, yeah. There's no scene of him arriving at the RPD. There's no noise. Even a noise somewhere in the while you're in the building, hearing another yeah. helicopter go over. It was, or, uh, it was such an uh, epic moment. Front, front doors. When you, how, when do, you, how does he get it? How does he even get in the building? Yeah. Like, is, is is not established. He when just you places. When you played Scenario <laughs> B for the first time, and like you got the cutscene and the, the tyrant deployed, and you got that sort of brief half second second shot of his sort of silhouetted face, you thought, yeah, well, what what is going on? What what is this dynamic? <laughs> and and straight yeah. away you knew, oh my oh, fucking hell, things are different now. In this, he's just kind of there. He just goes sort of hi. Well, it's implied he's been there for a while because he he actually kills Ben, doesn't he? Before before you encounter him at the helicopter. Ah, uh, yes. 
Yes, because through the wall and kills Ben. Yeah, of course he does. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about Mister X then. Um, well, well we obviously where he wanders around, we can talk about other rooms that he ventures. I think the library is one of his defining points because no matter how hard you try, the uh, he'll always catch you in the library because he's got stuff to do in the library. Yeah. And I think well, it's, it's all set up on the pre- pretense that you have to go get the um, the, the um, lever, lever for the for the jack yes. lever, and he always turns up there. It, it's predicated on the fact that they've just connected those things I things th- together. I think if you've not been following the, um, the the game and the previews and everything, I would imagine there was a few heart and mouth moments the first time he walked into the main hall. Mm. Yes, you're like, yes. oh god. <laughs> This is usually my place of safety game. What are you yes. doing? Yes, and I, I, I have to have words with you, uh, Batman. When I was playing through the B scenario, I, I'm, I'm, I'm safe in the secret room in the in the in the main hall. I take yes, Nick. No problem. They can't get you down here. I'll oh, find not a problem. Oh, down comes Marvin, and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, no, no, no. I was, I was kind of like just almost taunting him at the bottom of the stairs. And he just, carried, I was like, no, no. And I was, I was really low on that point. But there we go. Mr. X can't come down. Uh, that's one of the rooms no. he can't. And, and I've seen some funny videos of him trying to get into save rooms and then kind yeah. of going, hello, and then going back again. <laughs> um, it is. Yeah, the clock tower is the same too. Yes, I really am. I, I, as everyone everyone who knows me on Twitter, um, I, I played um, Hardcore first and really, really struggled with it. And then, the long story short, I had to abandon it. Um, and in that, in, in Hardcore, the first time through, Mr. X was a massively stressful experience for me because he just seemed to just turn up at the worst fucking time every time. And because I'd not done a good enough job of like clearing zombies, I cannot... I mean, I wish I'd almost streamed it. The amount of deaths I had trying to do the, the lever and the jack puzzle in the <laughs> library with zombies around me and Mr. X. I think I had one shotgun shell left and it was just, it was not happening. I had to do like an extravagant dummy around the station to lose him to buy me enough time to just be able to do a yeah. simple puzzle. And, and, and at first, the mechanic, um, I wasn't sure whether it worked. And it was the thing I looked forward to the most. You know, in the previous podcast, I was like raving how good a mechanic I thought this was. Thankfully, I think it is yep. still probably the game's... I mean, if you only have to go on the internet to see how well and how widespread the love for <laughs> this mechanic is. And I think they, they really did ace it. I think it's it's that idea of, like, Nemesis or Mr. X completely perfected. Uh, the, uh, the true stalker character who can go anywhere. Shall, shall we talk about the elephant in the room when you say that the, the love for it on the internet? Because... Inherently, there's a there's there's a lot of love for it on the internet. There's a lot of memes and there's a lot of, but there's yeah. also a lot of. Oh, it's too hard. Uh, uh. The thing is, and I think obviously the, he's very easy it, to outrun, though, as long as you play it is. right. This and is use, the thing I don't get it. Use the scenery properly, and he's very easy to outrun. The biggest fucking problem is zombies. Yes, yeah. so this is a perfect point because I think I, I think we all experienced it. I, I remember we were having private conversations we were playing we were going this is this is too difficult now you know me i am terrible at these games anyway but i i braved standard mode and uh needless needless to say quite how i survived standard mode is 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 possibly my greatest resident evil achievement so far but it really is a steep learning curve with with the zombies because you're i think you go in and it's obviously true of mr x you're quite confident you think yeah i've I've played resident evil 4 and 5 i've got good headshots and this is something that I think I, I've raised consistently, you know, in how to make that over-the-shoulder 
view uh, successfully incorporated it into a survival horror you either go the resident evil 7 route and just have relentless enemies or like mr x but few and far between so resident evil 2 had to strike a very a very clear balance especially when they decided to have mr x in this a scenario about how to make the zombies challenging still keep that survival horror element but still give you the, the, the that, that, that ability to take them down and i think a lot of my problem at the beginning was I thought I could do I could just shoot shoot kill them and they do not die the zombies. Well, and I th- think this is the I think I think you've had the, the nail on the head in the sense, but maybe just also with Mister X is that heaps of people were complaining about how difficult it is because they expect that they're not used to the idea that no, you, you, oh, it's an, an enemy you you get rid of them all. Like I yeah, think yeah. that's part of the problem. They're like oh, Mister X, I can take him out. You can't. You 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 knock them down to a knee occasionally if you if you use waste enough ammo on them, but. It's a waste of time because immediately he, within a couple of rooms, he'll be back up on his feet and chasing you again. And I think that's where really people will feel like, oh, it's unfair. I waste all this ammo, and of course, then it makes them underpowered for everything else. And I think that's um, the mistake I, I made because I, I said I was going mm. through it, the demo bit at the beginning with the zombies long before Mister X turned up, and I was like, this is really good. And then I thought, you know, take it falling on the knees. I was getting out the knife, slashing him, kill him. Thought oh, I've got this nail, brother, <laughs> and it was just. And then I, and I, was, I kept checking. <laughs> checking the knife and I, I, I saw on, on the inventory there's like a little bar underneath the knife and I was like I don't know what that is is that a health bar almost for the uh, for the knife no it can't be don't be silly and I was like slashing away and I was doing some great shots with his legs cut limbs flying off I thought I uh, this is sorted I'm sorted then the knife went and I thought ah it's got damage that was damaged and then the zombies just kept coming and coming and coming and then I'd used up all my ammo by this point because I was going away I was, I was in Resident Evil 4 mode I'll be honest I was going yeah yeah good stuff and then, and then the liquors turned up, and then Mr. X turned up, and I was having all sorts of problems. <laughs> and uh, I, I, str- I struggled, I struggled. And honestly, I think by the end, I, well, I, I've, I've told you, I, you know, my, my, the, the, the ammo I had for the end boss, it was criminal, what I was on. And I, think I lunged through this game at a glacial pace because I was so poor at the beginning and it made a complete contrast when I did the B scenario. By the end of that, you know, I was armed to the teeth. I was Rambo because I played a lot more conservatively and a lot more wisely with the zombies. And I think that's the key. To me, that's, I, I, think this is, I think this is the learning lesson that everyone has always had with Resident Evil, at least in the earlier games at some point, is yeah. that you, when you first play it and you don't know how to play it, you start attacking everything and then your resources start dwindling and then you realise, okay, so that's not how I'm supposed to play. And of course it means you're educated on how to play it. And I, f- I feel like the, the backlash that we did see on this is comes down to the fact that people are so used to these action-filled titles. If they've played other Resident Evil games, they've been the 4s, the 5s, the 6s, the ammo's just thrown at you, you know. Well, you're, in, you're, in, you're, you're, in, you're encouraged yeah. to shoot them because they drop the ammo. Exactly, yeah. And it's an incentiveness, you know, that you're supposed to kill everything on the map and you, you're not supposed to avoid anything. So people continue going and playing it like this, thinking that's the case, forgetting or not realising this is how the games used to be. <laughs> And, and and that's the thing. Like, if it, for someone like you who's even played the original games yeah. in the series, you had forgotten this fact. Like, that tells you a lot. Like, that you had just said, oh, yeah, it's easy. I can start these enemies. No, the, the whole focus of the game is that, yeah, obviously headshots do not kill immediately and that your best bet is to shoot out kneecaps and avoid and 
run you know walk around or avoid you know liquors are a perfect example of that too like liquors are so, are so they're so relentlessly difficult but at the same time if you actually play sensibly they're actually one of the easiest enemies to avoid because if you walk they don't hear you they don't hear you at all um <laughs> they just walk into well, that's me the thing. well that's the thing you you can avoid walking into them too because if you just wait you stand still they move they always do but the thing is as well the thing and, I, and i've told people this I and mean, we've talked about it in the chats as well it's like the genius move about the about them in the in the game is that they've programmed them that if you get close to them if you walk and they get close they still turn and make a noise and people freak out because they think oh shit it's seen me but yeah. they haven't <laughs> but mm. everyone thinks they have and that's when they do run and then when they do run they do see you and then you basically perpetuate the situation genius piece of programming absolutely genius <laughs> but come on how good are zombies in this game I mean Sensational. come on oh they're they are um, amazing I struggle with them though. I, I, I must say, four scenarios played through now, and I still haven't got a, a decent strategy. I, you know, I, I just end up getting absolutely fucked over by them because it, you know. So, so everybody tells me, "I'll oh, just take the legs out, take the legs out," and then you can guarantee when I forget about them, they're in the middle of a fucking stairway, and I can't avoid them anyway. Your 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 nutshell is that the 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 day I tell you the correct thing this is kneecaps. If you find them in the stairwell, shoot them in the head. Like you have to get rid of them. That's that's the way around it because if they're going to be in the stairwell then, and it means that you're going back through there, then it's a clear indication. You should only kill the ones that are going to be in your constant line of direction. And if that's a stairwell, then that's definitely a good one. To, that's a way one to kill. The, the worst for me, funnily enough, of all of them, and this, this is going ahead a little bit, is like towards the sewer sections where there's like narrow stairwell, oh. narrow spaces. That, that's the big difference between that and say like the RPD because some of the RPD spaces, they're not not narrow, but they're long. So the zombies, you can kind of almost corral, or if you sh if you corral them down there and then shoot their legs out, then they crawl and they're only in the area that you're not going to come back to. So they're really easy to kind of avoid, or they're easy to trick. Like there's the one that appears in the RPD on the west wing stairwell that um, falls, the female zombie that falls over the barrier if you wait downstairs. And then you don't have to worry about her anymore upstairs because she's fallen over the barrier. She's only down the bottom, but occasionally she'll reappear on the stairs at the bottom. She, for some reason, goes on the Yes. stairwell it's like well okay now i have to take her out because she's blocking the stairway um yeah, the, these are the things that that the way to, to get around them but it still doesn't mean they're not a challenge it still doesn't mean you don't find them i mean, I've, I've been playing through the game you know i finished it got the bonus unlockable weapons and even on the bonus unlockable weapons me running through the game being silly i'll still find zombies behind door spaces or behind places where i wasn't expecting them i walk into a room and i'll go oh shit like i'll get a jump scare because they're hidden behind something or they're not in a place I expected them to be. That, that is probably the, the biggest part of it is the fact that the zombies are so unpredictable. They do hide behind they, doors they really up. well. They do. Yeah. And, and not just and behind doors, but behind objects as well. Like you come around a corner and all of a sudden their arms, they, because they've got this very keen and quick ability to spin on the spot and grab, which is great as far as I'm concerned. And it's the noises they make as well. The noises are fantastic because they just randomly scream sometimes when they're nowhere near you. <laughs> you know, a great example is, is the West Office because it's so dark in there and you're walking along. I was doing the puzzle with the uh, name badges on the desks and you just hear one of them just scream and you turn around thinking, where the fuck is it? And it's in, the, it's in like the sergeant's office at the other end so you can't see it but it's just the random screams they do. It's fantastic. One of the uh, female screams is so loud that it, mm. can make you, it makes you jump a mile sometimes. 
the, the, I think that's the one that got me in the library. So I was like, I came in from the library from the um, south, you know, the south thing with the puzzle with the the statue puzzlers, and I could hear. I wanted to go upstairs to the third floor, and I could hear the female scream, and I was like, shit, where is it? And so I'm rotating the camera while I'm walking up the stairs, trying to look where in the library she is, not realizing she's actually up the stairs where I'm walking towards. <laughs> like I, because I'm looking for the source of the noise and not really paying attention to where I'm going. It was, and then I, and then I freak out because all of a sudden she grabs me and I can't see it and I'm like holy shit like where did this come from can I say though in, in surround sound it's pretty good as well because it, it, yeah. it, it will come from behind you or something like the that the direction yeah which they've, is they've got that faux 3D yeah. the 3D binaural audio thing it's really good even on a TV even you know, on headphones it's amazing but even on TV you can tell which side of the room or which mm. direction by volume it's, it's really well implemented I, I, I think Capcom made them a tad bullet spongy i think they take a, a tad i mean it, we're talking we're talking maybe one uh, i don't know one to two bullets too many i think um, that, it's just a case of re- trying to reinvent the wheel a little bit with it wasn't it to try and yeah. do something different this time but I, I was, I, as i was playing it i was just like these zombies bear a very similar resemblance to the vendetta zombies <laughs> 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 Um, the the, the other part of it though I think is and and I think it's the flip side of it is that and we talked about this a little bit when I said because I said this earlier on I think the mechanic of like if you're going to put it into a third person camera you have to work out the implementation of like quality of aiming so obviously when you stand still and you aim longer you get a more pointed reticle because you've had more time to focus on the shot and what that tends to work out as is that if you do that more often they take less bullets so it's a gameplay mechanic that i think really does pay off if you think about it if you've got the time and the distance to shoot them then you take more time to aim you use less bullets that's what i've found so i yeah. think that's the balance i think that's a that's that's the sensible balance Sure, maybe one or two bullets difference if you're just taking them out. But if you're just aiming at them haphazardly and not even taking that time to to aim, then that's part of the problem. Like if you're just shooting at them randomly because you've vaguely aimed at their head or vaguely aimed at their arm or leg or whatever it is, then you don't get the sort of impact you do if you give it a few seconds and let that reticle narrow down. Then you tend to use less ammo. I would I I would take them being bullet sponges over having too many zombies in the RPD. You know, having the police station absolutely saturated with zombies, but it would still only take one headshot to kill them. Prefer them to keep it as they've as they've done. I am nitpick. I am. I am nitpicking. I. I. I just thought even on easy mode, um, or sister, should I say, um, that their their ability doesn't diminish. It's just that they, they, you know. Uh, again that was another thing I found was it one bite took you from fine to caution uh, Mm. which which seemed a a lot on even on normal mode fine to danger on hardcore yeah it's danger well everything everything on hardcore is one hit takes you straight to danger doesn't matter what yeah. it is. Well, that's fine on hard. I was surprised they got rid of the uh, mechanic when a crawling zombie grabs you and you could sort of shake it off and stamp on its head. You can't do that at all in this game. No, no, I, no, I, I missed that. Un- unfair moment is that you don't have the ability to. Uh... Uh, Batman, you were going to talk about your favourite zombie moment. Uh, yeah, it was again. It was in the library. It was just a small thing, but it made me laugh so much because one of them was coming right at me and I was in the middle of reloading. And it, you know the bit where they suddenly randomly start to sprint, and I thought, oh, it's going to get me here, but then it just tripped over a body on the floor and landed right on its face it was just brilliant i just expected it to run right through it but no it tripped over and went down it was brilliant yes 
it's, it's some great stuff when that happens. You can I, I actually use that as a trick in hardcore mode sometimes. If I know there's more zombies coming, I'll intentionally try and knock a zombie over so that it'll trip over the other one. And can I say that yeah, the damage that you can do to a zombie, I mean, the gore, you know, the slicing off the leg, off the limbs, it's absolutely brilliant. It's very satisfying. I started worrying myself about how, how much I enjoyed it, but there we go. It was... <laughs> It, it's so realistic. I'm, I'm going to spoil this for you guys in a little bit, unless you've seen the videos, but my favourite bit about that now is that if you unlock the rocket launcher, sometimes you shoot them and it just not, kind of knocks them back and then just like they leave a burning corpse that's kind of burnt and mashed up, but it's not like dismembered or anything. It's not like the original. But occasionally, if you hit them right, like it'll knock them back and there'll be just like a random leg left standing upright on the floor. Where <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> makes me laugh every time like just random like a leg and I'm just like that's brilliant that's so good that's quite cool so, that's so why well, one of the another thing I like carry on talking about the BOWs in the RPD uh, my first encounter the, the first encounter with the liquor was quite good because I think you're kind of semi-expecting even even though the demo didn't have it you thought oh they'll probably put it in for the original you thought you account in the liquor corridor from the original and they, they kind of did. They kind of pulled the whole kind of Cerberus thing from the remake, not having it jump through the window the first time, um, and, and therefore not having the liquor in the liquor corridor, but the one by the Stars office. I think it was where it, where it turns up the first time. Uh, I, I remember just being absolutely chased by the by the liquor, and they, they can they can outrun you, they can outjump you, and I was being absolutely brutal. And I got to, I ran into the room where, where that statue is, where the puzzle is, by the library, and I just heard the liquor slash the door. And for the rest of the game, that slash mark remained on the wall for me. Yeah. And, I, and, yeah. and I thought that's, I, I thought, well, that's great. That's very personable to me. That's my, that's almost my story of the game. Someone else would may have not got that, but that's just, you know, that's just left its mark on the door on the wall and I, I, I really like well, that well that's the same with the bo- with bodies and, and you know enemies they pretty much stay there for most of the game like they don't the bodies don't disappear no um, but talk, talking of the liquors I mean if, if they make if they do a remake of 3 and make the hunters as scary as they originally were but on the same level of the liquors now I mean people aren't going to be able to sleep um, when we first started playing it until we got the mechanics down I said that I found the liquors um, the hardest enemy since the very original as in the original hunters in the first game yeah no I'd, I'd say that's oh. a, fair, a fair call yeah same I would say that's a fair call especially considering like the first time that I encountered them I kind of was like alright okay I'm just going to run and it leaped past me and landed <laughs> on the wall in front of me and I'm like holy shit like, <laughs> what the like oh my god and then it leaped back off the wall at me and i'm like okay this is this is insane like i can't outrun them like they're that hard so yeah i i definitely agree until you realize how you can get around them they're tough but i think that's the balance that's that's the balance so essentially that you they we if you screw it up as well and, and that's the thing you can still you can try and walk past them and if they it's exactly what nick was talking about if you walk into them or they walk into you they will realize you're there obviously and um and they will attack and then doesn't matter like and you can screw it up if you walk too fast or run accidentally run or something you know like you can still screw it up even knowing what you're supposed yeah. to do it can still be quite dangerous did anyone else hesitate to uh, set up the c4 on the third floor storage room thinking this is going to attract every fucking yes. liquor in the entire building <laughs> 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 do we really want to blow this up and you knew something 
the, the shit was going to hit the fan afterwards. Just it, it was very scripted, but yeah, it was great. And there's a, there's a moment I actually I'll, I'll try and put it online at some point, but I've just started to work out how to actually capture things off my Xbox. I'm not very uh, computer minded, but yes, I, I captured the moment whether there's the two liquors in the kennels in the in the B scenario. They've mm. uh, my just- god. Was that tense? That's just and Claire's I, I was, scenario. Oh, is it just Claire's? Yeah, Claire, Claire, doesn't, yeah, just, Claire doesn't fight the dogs there. She gets liquors. Liquors, and, and Leon gets the dogs. Because oh, they've changed the, the layout, obviously, downstairs in the basement, as opposed to what Leon needs to do in order to get back up on the east wing, as opposed to Claire going up through the um, uh, chief's office. Oh. But yeah, I mean, I, I filmed it, uh, honestly, it was, it was like a 10-minute record of me trying to sneak past two liquors in the kennels. Uh, ha- have, a, have a guess how it went. <laughs> <laughs> you can take, take one easy guess. And it's like, I'm walking, walking, and then yeah, I had that, that kind of moment where it stepped up, and then its tongue is... They're huge, the tongues, aren't they? They kind of go... <sighs> Licking around, he's like, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh. and then, and then it decided just to walk into me, and I thought, no, 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 and then I was like, oh, run, 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 and uh, yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It's it, it literally for the first five minutes of the video, I'm just walking like a blooming, you know, like a lemming, going, <clears throat> trying to move pixel by pixel just to see how far I can get, and then it doesn't, you know, that shift <gasps> has it hurt me? Has it hurt me? You can do um, full walking speed though, can't you? Okay, yes. you, oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> you can do full walking speed. All right. <laughs> I probably made it go on for a bit longer. But and it's, then, it's, it's like what Rob says: it the game makes you feel like you can't because of like their sudden movements where they like turn. Mm. And then I think it just—I mean, it, it's, it's, as you say, it's, it is a truly great mechanic because no matter how hard you rehearse it, it even now, every now and then it makes you think, "Yeah, that's fucking seen me, hasn't it?" Yeah, yeah, has. <laughs> <laughs> or heard me. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like even me knowing that I can walk around them when they do that erratic turn, I still I get a little bit uncomfortable about it. I'm still waiting, and occasionally I'll forget and I'll hear the noise of them because they still make a screechy noise when they turn. They they kind of go, they kind of almost just like a bark almost. You know, it's like the closest thing I can equate to it is they turn and like this make this noise, and and even that still occasionally gets me because the noise is still freaky. Um, the only thing about the liquors I miss is the breathing noise that the originals had. They don't have yeah. that now so much. Um, but the claw sounds there, the claw thing's freaky as all hell as well, because even when they're dying, if you shoot them and they're like on their back flipping and knocking their claws against the ground, if there's more than one in the room, you're still freaking out about the fact that you, you might have killed both of them. It's like, is there a third one? Is there another one in here that I've forgotten about? Like, because you can hear the click, 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 click of the claws on the ground. It's, I was a bit disappointed we didn't get a, a cool video like in the original game with a kind of chewing of the head. This is, this is the one thing that I think is consistent about the game when it comes to those events, and this is kind of what we touched on a little bit with Mr. X, but it's also the same with like the liquor. So when you're in the B scenario and you go in and do the um, red jewel thing, the, the liquor falls through the skylight like it does in the original that you've got a cutscene mm. for. But you don't, it doesn't have a cutscene, you just hear it happen, it happens behind you. And all of a sudden, there's glass shattering everywhere and the liquor falling down from the ceiling. But you don't see it until you hear it, and that's it. And it's it's a bit of a shame. Like, it's a missed opportunity because it doesn't even happen when you, with you in the, with the ability to view it because of the choice of camera angles. So, Same with the um, uh, interrogation room window. Yeah. It's, it's the same jump scare, but you don't get the angle. Whereas the one that does actually work surprisingly still well is when you're walking back along the hallway and Mr. X bashes through the corridor again in the, from the press room. Still not it happened to me because, yet. Oh, wow. But it doesn't yet. Yeah, no, I've had that one. I had it random. 
and but yeah. it still works because you can see it in the camera angle. It works effectively because you're like, oh shit, I wasn't expecting that, um, and you see it. Like, so do you think the Mister X mechanic worked uh, generally through the RPD um, because he certainly added a, a degree of uh, added intensity, if you like, to to everything that you were doing. You struggled to be able to properly go through the RPD at your own pace and go, I'll just wander here because of it. Do you think it was done at an appropriate level? Was it introduced too early in the B scenario? Uh, no, I think, I think it was a nice balance. Yeah, yeah. I think it, can, go on, it turns up He turns up pretty late in the A scenario, doesn't he? Get pretty much everything done before he comes. He does turn up earlier in the B scenario, but again, I think the only disappointing thing about him really was there were certain save points. You know, there were certain rooms you knew were safe for some reason. Like, there's no reason whatsoever why he shouldn't be able to come in the star's office, for example. You know, he can't go in the chief's office. And, and once you work out what those rooms are, it, he does lose some of its effect, I think. Mm, definitely. Uh, I well, think chief, the chief's room makes sense because it's a save room. Yeah, but you had that fantastic scene in the original where you're coming out of the art room as Claire down the corridor with the tiger and he's just there. You know, there's no warning. Yeah. You just turn around the corner and he's there right in front of you and the music <laughs> kicks in. <laughs> That's you true. don't get that in this one. I will say, I still don't like his fucking hat and I don't like his wrinkled face. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> It is fun shooting it off, though. I'm watching him trying to pick it up. It's great. I'm not, I'm not actually... I, the only time I've knocked it off was when I hit him with a, with a grenade or something. So I've not actually seen him trying to pick it up. That's hilarious. Oh, no. I got the... Tra- I was delighted with the trophy to, to, to knock his hat off. But um, no, I've, I've not seen him trying to pick it up. He, he must be British. He's got to be a British tyrant then if he's... But I put my bowler hat back on. I, I just... I don't, like, I don't like the wrinkled face. I, I much prefer them the smoother, more menacing-looking face. What was with all the random hats left around the station uh, there was lots of hats wasn't there there should be like a hidden <laughs> achievement in that isn't there like a shoot wasn't maybe there is maybe we've yet to uncover everybody shoot the hats no, shoot I'm, the still hat. disappoint- I'm still disappointed there's not a hats on all enemies mode well uh, understand very strange so, after all these years that they finally changed some of the herb design as well yeah each one was individual yeah, yeah. The, different, the actual different style of herb talking um, of which was it more of a pink herb than a red herb yeah no uh, yeah, it is actually when you look at it. Was, it. That's right. It's just a misnomer. Let's let's be here. Obviously, they've been playing Resident Evil Gate. <laughs> Citywide T virus outbreak. Where are my crows? I can't believe there's no crows in this game. Yeah, no crows, that... no spiders. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, we'll cut. We'll cut. We'll come to that certainly because the uh, sewer section. I felt yeah. It, it lacked. It, it, well, I think the game overall actually lacked quite a lot of BOWs. But um, anyway, before we get to the sewers, we've still got to talk about William Birkin and his uh, appearance in the, uh, I suppose, in the RPD-ish area under it's the. A base, uh, it's a basement of the RPD. It's like a. The it's basement. Like a, it's it's like a sub basement. It's like the electrical and sewer supply access to the to the building. Yeah. So when when a lot of the kind of like preview demos, not demos, but uh, demonstrations were coming out, um, we saw people having a go at the Birkin boss fight. And I think there was a bit of disappointment. It seemed a bit generic, and we I think we raised concerns in the last one about how that played out. When, when you got to fight Birkin for the first time, how did how, how did everyone feel about that? Um, I was devastated that his boss music wasn't there. <laughs> Seriously, well, I, 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 one of the highlights of fighting Birkin when I do a replay is that I find the music to Resident Evil 2 so fabulous that the Birkin boss fights are always a highlight. And... Um, 
when I didn't get it, it was it was it was a bit of a letdown. There's, it was, there's literally only one piece of music that's in any of the Birkin fights that's anywhere close to the style of the original which is the one for the g3 in the labs g4 no three yeah the one with the the four arms it's it's they've they've got like a a, like a a style that's all like a modern equivalent to it and it's the only one in there that's similar it's not that they even kept a consistent theme going to all of them like they did in the original with regards to the mechanics of the fight though um i'd actually say it's a fine boss fight um I actually quite enjoyed boss fights this game. I will say to Cap, um, when you're promoing this game, just get some better people to do the initial previews and that, because obviously we didn't see who played the original previews, but they made it. They made that fight look stunted and awkward because yes, they basically just w- let Birkin come and like hit them, and it looked like you almost had to take the hit. Now you actually know how agile you are, and that it's actually quite an easy fight to avoid any damage whatsoever. Again, though, there were shades of Operation Raccoon City in, yeah. in the way he moves and how you fight him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Inherently, is that is something of moving the Birkin fight to a 3D environment, though? Like a 3D over-the-shoulder camera as opposed to a 2D fixed... This, yeah. is, this is my thought, because the more I think about it... Like, I... And, and you guys... I uploaded that video of the... Again, it was the G3 fight, I think. It's fun in and of itself, but it's definitely of, of its style. Like... I found it quite difficult... I think as the first boss goes, I think it was one of the more challenging ones, and I think many Anyways, it was it was uh, more challenging than perhaps um, like G two and um, the, the others. I, it was very cramped. I don't know. I feel like the balance is right, and that it allows you like if you play it when you're pre-planned, like you know it's going to happen, and you go say get make sure you've got plenty of shotgun shells with Leon or flame rounds is clear. It's very easy. But it's still doable even with just a bunch of handgun ammo that you're picking up around the area. Like, I haven't made it seem like it's an unwinnable battle that you can't just keep shooting at them. You have to avoid them for longer, but, you know. It does have that risk, though, because I've been caught out once uh, where I've just simply ran out of ammo. And because the walkway breaks, there's nowhere for you to go. If you're out of ammo, that's it. You've just got to let him kill you. Mm. Yeah, the, the, the other part of it as well is that the damage quotient is high if you don't have any um, secondary sub weapons equipped, you know, grenades, flash mm. grenades and stuff. And he grabs, if he manages to grab you and you don't have one of those, then the amount of damage he does by grabbing your character's head and squeezing it <laughs> um, is quite high. And mm. so that, that part is problematic too if you don't have any or haven't picked up any from the environment um, or haven't got there in time. And, yeah. There is Although a large emphasis on um, self-defense items, isn't there? And, yes, and we'll yeah, get to this when yeah. we speak about the new IVs. But yeah, um, yeah I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the, the Birkin battle. Um, it's any the any dis- the first time I felt any real disappointment to it. And we're going to get this is going to be a real sticking point of this episode when we get to it toward the end is when the fight repeated itself in the scenario B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think we'll have a whole... We'll cover most things we covered in... It, it, obviously, B, so the B scenarios are so identical to A scenarios that we're kind of de facto covering them as we go, but we'll, we'll have a separate section on, 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 on the B scenario, did you, I think, anyway. Did you guys like the fact that they took the 1.5 thing and actually had him speak a little bit? To me, it makes sense. At that point, yeah. where he's still slightly more human. It made more sense. It always had like that idea of it. I never had any qualms with it, so them taking that and putting it in there was fine. If he kept doing it after that form, then maybe I would have been... Mm. More and more problematic with it, but I mean, I to be pleased. fair, there's sub, there's almost sub forms in that form because obviously when he starts, he's got a certain size to his shoulder, and the more you fight, it gets bigger and bigger. It's mm. it's like it's like G1A, G1B, and G1C almost before you finish the five. 
Um, well, I was pleased that the geography of the sewers made a lot more sense in this, and it, um, it, it flowed it flowed a bit better. Like you said, Rob, the uh, the sub sub basement, you know, the location wise, the Birkin fight made a lot more sense compared to the original. I think with the underground sewer passage. I like the way you go from that fight straight up into the car park of the RPD. Mm. That's that's another plus point to the design of the station, I think, because some rooms look vastly different and other rooms just look instantly recognisable. And the parking garage for the RPD was pretty much not identical, but more or less the same, wasn't mm. it? I, don't, I, I almost want to say the the way they've changed it makes more sense of an improvement of layout. Like Compared to the original, the basement's probably the one area that's improved the, the most with its layout sensibility yeah, like it makes more sense having I, having the cells completely to their own wing on one mm. side and having a shooting gallery and a and a, a more the morgue and the um kennels and all that on the other side can makes way more sense i'll truly miss the uh underground cavern with the stalagmites will they oh god uh, yeah with the, where, <laughs> where claire has her boss fight after Ryan's what did everyone office. think of uh, ben's reduced role I prefer Ben more as a very smart, well-dressed journalist than a hipster reporter. Yeah, he's a bit he of a seems, jackass, wasn't he? Well, he seems way more clueless in this version. That's definitely the, the part of it. Because like, obviously also Ada kind of recruits him to get information and he fails miserably at that. Whereas in the original, he feels like he's actually got his finger on the pulse a little bit about what's actually going on before any of this is going on. And that it's literally he's the person who may have worked out in advance and then that gives you justification as to why Iron sort of put him in there. Whereas in this version, he's put him. It's like he put himself there. I wasn't quite a hundred percent sure. It's like he, if if Iron's as vindictive and manipulative as he is in this remake, then he wouldn't have locked Ben up. He just would have killed him. Like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Whereas in the original, that, that kind of made sense that he put him in there early before this outbreak had all happened because mm-hmm. he'd come. As soon as stuff had started happening in the city, Ben had immediately gone snooping around and got caught. Yeah, Whereas this version doesn't feel like that. It seems bizarre that you've got an Irons who would march police officers up to the uh, attic and make them play a game of Saw, <clears> but but wouldn't actually off the person who can basically out him and you know uncover all this dirt. And and, and likely too, the thing that that also bugs me about that when it comes to like clear scenario is that the fact that like he has this ability to like he he takes Sherry but he just leaves clear like. Mm. At this point, I'm it, considering what we know he's capable of. I'm amazed he just wouldn't have shot her in the head. Like, yeah, what what difference is it going to make? You know? Yes, yeah, so there's a bit of inc- tonal inconsistencies there, and I wasn't. I actually didn't like the way they changed irons in this at all. Uh, no. t- taking out the taking out the stupid is uh, the file about you know taxidermy on the tiger, um, oh. and it, it, but t- even taking that out. Um, I, I I don't know. There was something. There was something about the way it, it didn't feel. Uh, he, he looked too old, and I just didn't believe him as much as the old uh, as the old one. And I, I I had this disagreement. You you guys had this disagreement, with Mr. Spencer, once about the, the the tonal shift of the character and his manipulation and his power play within the role of what was going on in the city. In the original version, it felt like he was implicit and involved for personal gain, directly level. Like, he knew that he was being used by Burke and Umbrella, but at the same time, he's like, well, I'm going to turn I'm going to turn lemons into lemonade, and I'm going to use this for my own ends. The yeah. version in the remake does not feel like that character. He does. He feels like he is just a sadistic bastard who somehow has managed to become police chief, and 
the connection to Umbrella is completely secondary to the point of his character. Like he doesn't, it doesn't, it wouldn't make any difference to him otherwise to change his character type. Yeah, I, I don't like his characterization at all. I think I think they go way too hard to make him like even just things like the file where you know we know we know he's a rapist and and so one of the things that the pamphlets that you read oh he helps abuse victims you know it's like come on that's so and, and he doesn't he do a uh, program which um, protects endangered species or something yeah. mm, I mean yeah. it's just so layered on so heavy it's just ridiculous whereas it, trying too hard you know? yeah whereas you know who'd have thought and I, I think I said this on Twitter I may have even said it on the last podcast so apologize, apologies for repeating myself Who'd have thought the um, rendition of the original game was the more subtle of the two? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, I think um, he was I mean, probably the worst, worst done of the side characters, and it amounts to nothing the- as well. He, you know, I thought we were going to get a massive, like, really massive set piece with him, and sh- short of the the little chase sequence you get in the orphanage, which really doesn't amount to anything, he's offed really, really inc- mm. inconsequentially. Whereas his death mm. in the original felt like quite a big moment. In yeah. this, it's just uh, always done. That, that, that's the thing that I think the, the one area that I'm conflicted the most about is is that orphanage section, and it's part of it is irons. Um, I think tonally it's really good. I think like seeing this whole backstory, and I think you guys might agree with this. And we're talking about this in regards to say something like Survivor, where obviously they're using these children as test subjects. That's kind of cool. I was like, wow, okay, they're going there. That's awesome. But it's it's glossed over in irons because of its diminished characterization. Like if if his character was more in tune with the original and then they'd add this creepiness factor of him being in charge of this orphanage and using the offering these children offering these children up as test subjects for umbrella okay would have been totally on board with that but it's because he's already you're already trying too hard to make him creepy as it is an individual and then you add that element on top it's like eh. You know, I have. I think I appreciate the Sher- Sherry Chase sequence in there more. Like it's more suitable than her version of the scene in the sewer section or the early pre-sewer section in the original game. It's totally a really cool event, and I do like that whole bit with Claire afterwards getting there on the streets that we've kind of a little bit touched on. That it's a, it feels a little bit like close to the original getting through the streets and in, in the original yeah. game. But, I, I, think, I think in remake too, he plays a typical umbrella psychopath fine yeah. but in remake he's he, i'm sorry in, in the original he is believable as a chief as well and just take yes. claire's first encounter with him whoa calm down you know calm down there chief you know she's trying to help him whereas here it's like it's just not gonna happen is it he's, the, you don't believe that he could be the chief of police i was just gonna say the genius of his original characterization was that it, or the the original game almost played out that you're supposed to feel sorry for him until you get yes. the twist where he is revealed to be this this big villain, you know, right. like the actual initial scene you get with Claire in the original game, you actually maybe do feel a little bit sorry for him. He seems to be completely in on his head, and he he seems to feel remorse to everything that's gone on, and he it's, sort of muses I, over taxidermy I, in a way that's not obvious. Yeah, sure. And this is exactly where I was going to go with this as well. Is that the yeah. other part of it is it feels like even afterwards, when you reflectively look back on it, you look at this character who. Yeah, okay, he was a little, he was obviously, he had something wrong with him, but it's almost like the events of what's happened in Raccoon City has been that, like, needle in the haystack, kind of the straw that broke the camel's back on his mental stability. Like, this event has pushed him over the edge, you know, that he's indulging on on these things because he doesn't see the, 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 at this point, the consequences don't matter anymore. And that is completely gone in the remake, too, that he's already, he's already a fully formed crazy character. Because, as you pointed out earlier, like, 
they've gone way too much on the overreach of trying to explain the the the, the anti subtleties to his role. Like, oh, he's protecting animals and looking after children. And realistically, what he's actually doing is giving away children for scientific experience and would be gladly, happily slaughtering animals left, right, and centre if he could. And it's strange because, um, as I said, I think most of the side characters were actually really, really well done. And something I was just speaking to Rob off air was, uh, and it kind of shifts us slightly out of the RPD into the towards the sewer section in Leon's campaign, where you get to meet Kendo and uh, his... Uh, poor daughter i thought that was easily the best kind of cinematic emotional moment in the entire game it was oh i thought it was i thought it was, I thought it was really well acted sounds like this might be controversial yeah okay and i like and i thought oh my god they're actually going first i thought they're going to zombie children and especially i'm still point, disappointed had, they didn't you had yeah, the orphanage um, i'm sorry yeah you knew it was coming up, and I thought, ah, zombie children, it's coming. But I, I just thought it was so well done with the kind of daddy. She was kind of half in, half out, and she was like, just leave me alone. I just want to be home. With my I, it really resonated, <laughs> and I thought it. I, I just thought it was one of the best, along with kind of Marvin at the beginning. I thought it absolutely hit it on the head. But that's just me, Sean. You seem to disagree with that. I really love the ambition of it. I do, and I, and I think it's a, it's a well done scene for this series. But again, when I compare it against its peers. And I think the game it's most tried to be like is um, sequences in The Last of Us. Mm. And I think in terms of like presentation and acting and everything, I don't think it, it holds a candle to The Last of Us, unfortunately. I appreciate the ambition of it. I really, really do. And I like the fact that they tried to do more with Kendo. And it is, fucking hell, it is a tragic storyline. And it's done really well. But I just think, I think they tried too hard to be... I think they've tried to make Resident Evil... Too, I think they tried too hard in that bit to make Resident Evil... More like The Last of Us, if you know what uh, I mean. I, I, I see where you're going, but I don't agree. In, in the sense that, <laughs> and this is what I said to Nick, in the sense that it, it's very hard. The problem that the remake has consistently, and this goes back to one of the first things what we talked about right at the start, this is about the characterization and about how cold some of the characters feel. And that's a problem that this game has across the board. And it's like the one time in that game where you actually start to see empathy between characters and you actually start to think about the fact that there are actually people in the city that have died who never deserved it and that people are actually empathizing. But it's so undercut by the exact next scene, which is also what I said to Nick, which is that Ada ends up explaining to Leon about Umbrella and, and Leon... It's like it doesn't register to him. It's like, oh, I've seen... There's a really bad line reading in there which doesn't help, which is about him. Oh, that explains all these monsters I've been dealing with. Yeah. But he's way too positive about it. Um, um, but it also undercuts the fact that Umbrella is supposed to be this massive company and all of a sudden it acts like he's never heard of it before in his entire life. And it's like... And, and Nick made this point to me as well. It's like, you know, that it's like you'd think that you would immediately... It'd be like... Procter and Gamble, Johnson and Johnson turning around and making bioweapons. You would know what the company is, and you'd go, "What? There's a pharmaceutical company making bio." He he acts not only just naive but completely stupidly, yeah. and it undercuts the fact that all these people in the city have just dealt through these consequences. And so for me, yeah, I can get that idea that yeah, maybe it's trying to be a little bit like Last of Us, but it's not in a bad way. And it's not that it's not the most affecting of what are the scenes in that game because of that fact, because it actually makes you think about the consequences of the damage that this has done to the city for the first proper time i definitely got that actually walking around the orphanage i actually thought how like it really got me on that i actually took it at a heartstring just like walking around like the empty cots and seeing like the cuddly toys and things like that and i just thought 
you know, this is you're actually seeing like a real impact on human life that this catastrophe has had in a way that I don't think we really have before. Like, you know, mm. these are these are these are fucking children that have died now. And okay, the, the game does not go there in terms of detail or visuals or anything like that. But it's just it's just bad enough just seeing like a an empty orphanage. And thankfully, they don't coat the walls of blood or anything like that. It's actually quite no. tastefully done. But it's still enough, you know, to just see this place that should be happy and full of life is actually empty and vacant. And that's one thing I think the, the orphanage section did really well. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to put this out there because of the the fact that we talked about it earlier. But also, yeah. So you were talking about the fact that obviously there's no dungeon torture, you know, room or you know, the area where he does his um, taxidermy in the under the RPD. Instead, they've shifted that to the orphanage. To me, that's almost worse. <laughs> like, yeah. it's his, instead of him having a director's office there, because obviously he's the, he's the director of the, the orphanage, and also there's of the fact that this wasn't the original orphanage. If you read the read the files and and what's been going on, this is a this has been a relocated orphanage because, and this is the file that most people overlook. It's hidden in the room where, if you, when you arrive, it's clear. If you go up to the room where. Um, he unlocked where he was washing his face. There's a file in there which basically explains that a bunch of um, quote-unquote test subjects um, managed to escape. And um, there's obviously this whole thing about the orphanage moving because of the fact that test subjects were escaping and all this sort of carry-on. Like, it's... It's, it, it just doesn't make sense to me, this whole room with his taxidermy space. And, like, obviously, that's just weird. I don't think they thought that out very well either. And it's just, it's just a means to an end to continue to keep that original thing. Whereas if it would have made more sense if, he did, if it was still in a basement again, underneath the orphanage where you end up going anyway. Um, yeah, pra- pra- Practically, he's just, he's just done his tiger. And he's got, what, going to lug it through the orphanage. Along the high street, through the RPD, <laughs> main door. don't mind me, just it's, carrying a Bengal tiger on my shoulder. Oh, come on, yeah, Nick. It, what just, he does is he puts it in an item box and then pulls it out of the RPD. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it just doesn't, mm, I don't know, that still doesn't sit well with me. I love the, as I said to you before, I love the idea that, there's, that, that, he, that he's been offering up children as test subjects I think that's nefariously creepy enough and it goes along with our lines of how we've felt about other enemies in the series kind of you know using people off the streets and all this sort of stuff yeah. there's a nefarious means to that that in itself is is crazy and it's kind of the you know it, but it's again it's surrounded by too much too much effort trying to make him seem like a crazy creepy person can, so can we can, can, sorry I was, going to, I was going to move on to Ada because that's the an obvious. That's exactly point. where I was going to go. Do, do, yeah, there you go. Shall, shall we go down the Ada route and the sewer entrance with the uh, the gator? Right, yes, okay. we begin. Let's may open I? Up some can of yes, you may. Straight out the bat, I think they get Ada completely wrong in this game. Really? Yeah, yeah I do. I, I, I think I think they make her into a real unlikable bitch, and I just don't <laughs> think that works for. I think she's deliberately being. A bitch, but I just don't think it works for her character. I think it works more, you know, the original. Straight away, she's she's obviously quite resistant to Leon in the original, but she she does it in a way that he's almost like enthralled by her. Like he's he's, he's he wants to get he wants to get to know her and find out what she's about. In this, she's just just so unlikable that like you can't like in the original she uses these relationships to get what she wants, whereas in this. The journey that Leon goes, you know, goes down to, to start to work with her, 
is just it's just completely implausible. Like there's just no way you would want to. Because all she does is just just push him away. Whereas in the original, she gives him just enough to like keep him on on a leash, just to keep him string, interested. String him along, yeah. Yeah, mm. and and she just throws a cheap kiss in this, which I think is more fan service than it is anything else. And it's just like by the end of the game, in the original, when like Leon goes to the um, the control panel of the train and he says goodbye, Ada, you really get the impression that he's been on this journey with her, and he, he he's genuinely like sad to see her go. Whereas in the remake, you just get this throwaway, can't believe I miss her. And then he throws away the only sort of um, trophy, or, or, or not trophy, that's the wrong word, Jesus, cut that bit out. Memento. Uh, uh, memento, that's memento. it. Um, that he, he has of her. So it's like he just doesn't even care this time. Um, and it just doesn't feel like this is the foundation that is is going to define this relationship for like the next 20, 15 years of their lives. You know, where they're in the... You know, whether in the the building in Resident Evil Six, looking longingly across the city at each other, you know that that felt earned by that point. Well, it's the Ross Rachel of Resident Evil, um, isn't it? In this, <laughs> well, she's, just, she's just so unlikable. <laughs> she's just, she's just. Ada was is, like, Ada's my, one of my, my favourite com- things in this series, yeah, and to just see her done like this was was it was a little bit heartbreaking. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I just I, I'm so. Sorry, I was going to say because on that moment, I'm I'm with you guys. I'm conflicted because I think her look and her style, acting wise, is good. I think I think as a as a sub character, like she's well performed and you know that has the right look and the right tone. But it's the way that the character is written, which is the thing that you guys are talking about, having the problem with, and how that plays out as a relationship that I also had issues with. So I feel completely conflicted because I feel like they had the opportunity to have the character so perfectly right here and yet just like a lot of things yeah it doesn't go the way you expect it to I'm with you on the unlikability factor because the first time I played it and as they were walking up towards the gun shop I was like well Leon hasn't got a radio to contact Claire he's aired her for all of 10 minutes she's been a right bitch to him why on earth is he willing to leave the police station and leave Claire behind and just seemingly go off with this woman you know Mm. It just doesn't make any sense. But that Which, being... gonna, am I am I am I right in remembering as well? So from the fact that when he leaves with with Ada in the original, he does radio clear and tells her that he may have found a way out. Am I, am I, this is what I'm remembering. Is it, yeah. This is correct. Yeah. Let me yeah. let me come That's back to this later as well. In the original. But on the other side, though, I really enjoyed the banter between them as they were walking down the sewers. You know, with Leon with asking questions about Umbrella and asking how they could be in control of the sewers without the authorities knowing. I liked that. That was cool. Th- th- this is what I this is what I mean. Like I think acting wise, generally it worked. There was a there was a there was a back and forth that kind of worked. There w- occasional wonky line reading aside, um, but as I said before as well, and you know, I just don't understand why Leon seems it, it's almost like naivety beyond naivety. Like it, there's a certain level where you have expe- of outside character expectations that, as I said, like Umbrella obviously is a huge multinational corporation. And yet, Leon acts as if he's never heard of the damn place, the damn thing before. Like it's just it's incongruent <laughs> with with the with with the, with what we're witnessing. As um, he walks past the giant umbrella site advert, yeah, on the wall, no less, no less, exactly. It's like, um, and that's another big, and that was another big issue I had with just in the environment in the area is this giant fucking sinkhole slash street opening that they've decided mm. to put in for some why. What's the point yeah. of that? Very silent, very silent hill esque, wasn't it? It suddenly felt quite linear and kind of like, oh, 
okay, can't go that way, that type of thing. But um, I, with Ada, I mean, I'll talk about her actual scenario part. The way that I don't know the way they use the the kind of photosymmetry of the voices. I've always had an issue with RE7. I don't think they get the mouth quite right. I always find on all these characters the the way the mouth moves seems a bit over exaggerated. Um, I think if you watch like the opening bit of like Mia in Resident Evil 7, there's something off about it. And I don't know, I, I, I can only put it down to the kind of mouth. And I think Claire's a bit like that in this one, and Leon and Ada. And For a video game character, though, Ada is breathtakingly beautiful. <laughs> she, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, she's, very, yeah, she's hot. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, Ada's actual. Um, playable section I thought was one of the worst parts of the game and that includes Sherry's little mini section which I didn't well, enjoy before, much either if, before you even get to that there's the gator chase oh of which, course yes which like I, I kind of remember the whole publicity was like oh we had to work out a way to keep it in there because it's kind of iconic blah blah to be quite honest I would have been happy for them to drop it yeah I, I hated it I think it, it purely came across that they were forced to put it in there Mm. It's a blink-and-you-miss-it moment. I, I really didn't like it. I, I wish they'd cut it. I almost think it was a late edition, you know. I almost think it. Like yeah. it, it, it was like they saw the feedback and thought, oh, God, we really ought to put this in. And they just came up with something that felt like it obvious, ob, you know, honestly came out of Resident Evil 6. That's ex- oh, that camera change. Fuck that camera perspective. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> that, ru- that ruined my first run. I died about six times trying to get the hang of that. Fucking thing! But it's just a really shitty pattern too. It's a run to one side, run to the opposite side, run very quickly to the opposite side again, run very quickly to the opposite side so you don't get bitten, and then that's the end of the thing. Shoot the ta- uh, shoot the gas pipe. Yeah, pointless. The 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 the, the, the original it, it served a purpose of being a, a blockade and a hallway that you needed to access the the uh, rubbish area, and thus it's it's relevant irrelevant to the whole section. You could you can just go straight into the sewers and arrive in the sewers and go to the scene with with, with uh, an ear. And it wouldn't have made any difference. In the original, it felt like an awesome, empowering moment, though. Like, the first time you ever played that and you worked out what you needed to do was, like, really cool. And I know it's obvious and it's not difficult. um, But, you know, you think the first time you're playing that, this is before the, you know, the era of YouTube, of guides or anything like that. We're talking about 21, 22 years ago. 21 years ago. You know, you have to work that out yourself. Most people didn't even know you could knock the canister down. Mm. You know, and the, the satisfaction of taking out a boss with one handgun bullet—you're like, yeah, yeah, it was ace. <laughs> it's good. Mm, there's no yeah, I, celebration to it. Take that, you slimy son, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> That's mm. what he says, isn't it? Something stupid, something yeah. like that. Yeah, very similar. Um, yeah. And then Ada's section following it up. Oh, well, I was like, I, I, I suddenly, playing, suddenly playing Batman Arkham Asylum, wasn't I? <laughs> it's, 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 it's rubbish, isn't it? It really, it really is rubbish. I, I, I didn't mind... Yeah. I like the interaction between her and Annette. So I think that this, you know, Ada getting sassy about being like that when she gets out of the um, incinerator is actually pretty funny. And like her comment when like the the the, the uh, security card says uh, you have to return by October first, and she's like, "Not going to happen." I thought that were cool. That was yeah. all right. I but, thought the actual mm-hmm. the actual dialogue moment between them though before Ada gets knocked off the gantry is, is painful. I'll, I'll oh, go, yeah, take, I'll go take G for myself over my dead body. <laughs> oh. 
Have we not or is come that so moment far? in the original plays off plays off of a fact of like Ada's been trying to find this information about Annette and then this is the other incongruent part I hate and it's kind of going back to that section with Leon is that basically uh, Ada's constantly just blaming Annette as if Annette's the constant problem nothing yeah. to do with her husband nothing to do with the research nothing to do with Umbrella in general so much she talks about Umbrella as a company but she doesn't blame them she blames Annette directly yeah. and it's like what is it she actually compares to Annette and then says Annette's worse it's the alligator isn't it because Leon complains that she had told him that uh, the the virus creates uh, turns people into monsters, but he was like, "Well, that wasn't a person," and and then basically she tries to say it wasn't as bad as Annette. I'm like, actually, no, the gator was worse. Is definitely worse than Annette. Like, let's be honest. Like, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh... but yeah I, I don't know how many times I died it with when Tyrant turns up with Ada. I honestly, I struggled so much. Oh, that part. I, I did the complete opposite. I was like, well, that was completely pointless. He turns up, and I'm already in the middle of trying to find the door access way. So I'm like, okay, cool. Open the door. And then uh, just because I've been taught so much by the section, oh, there's a switch. There's going to be a switch on the other side of the door. I know it. And I look straight on the wall, and immediately right above it, the power I've just put up, there's a switch. I do that, and it leads straight to the fan. I was like, cool, fan. And I was through <laughs> the first, first time in before he got into the room. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I obviously because I've been paying attention to the gameplay, it was so consistently repetitive. The first bit is like hit hit a thing, then open a fan. Hit a thing, open a fan. Hit a switch, use the lift. Hit a switch, open the door. Hit a switch, go use the fan. Like it's <laughs> it's repetitively consistent. So of course it didn't bother me. It was it made Mystery X turning up pointless. And that sequence, a, I was just going to quickly say, have you tried doing it without the hood on? It's no. painful. It's painful because you can't see. You can see the the switches through the wall, obviously, but without your little aiming marker, it's impossible to find them. It's, oh, right. It really is a it really is a pain in the ass without the the hood that section. I don't recommend it. Um, no, I, I will say of of all you know, the game is repetitive enough because you don't get the A B scenario split. You're essentially playing the same game four times across all four modes, um, barring a few With changes. Barring a few changes, character specific or. Yeah puzzle answer differences um but that ada section is one of the areas which really does not hold up to repeat playing it's mm. it's an absolute chore mm. it's nice and agree. short oh, thank god yeah yeah i, I found it the worst part and, and i didn't enjoy i said i didn't enjoy the sherry section much but um at least over the sherry yeah. section i got a kick out of the fact that it was a new environment there's some nice bit of lore in there it's actually quite juicy yeah. survivor-esque uh, lore in there it's almost the antithesis. I want to say in the original version, Ada doing that section pre-sewers was more sensible than the version in this. And the bit with Sherry doing it was not very good. And you're having to move the crates and all that sort of stuff, and she's fucking struggling. <laughs> um, com- compared to this, is much better. I think her yeah. throwing the glass at, at, at irons and stuff is a much better story beat than. So it's almost the the, the opposite here. Like it's weird. Yeah. They could have, it would have made more sense to have a section with Ada that made better use of her character without having to have the stupid Arkham-esque yeah. see-through walls you know, thing. And what is it? With some said, puzzles. She yeah. says something really painful when she wh- whips it out as well, doesn't she? That gadget for the first time. Mind you, toy. It's a secret weapon time. Secret, oh, it's so awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll move on to better things because we've now entered into the sewers, and I was really pleased with the sewers being actually a bit of a hub area as well. Um, normally, sewer sections in the games, just you just kind of come and go. Um, oh, 
this. I, I like I, I I like the look. I thought it was. I like the fact that every time you got into the into the sewer, you went, "Oh, the smell!" That kind of thing. I think that played off quite nicely. And um, my disappointment came from the lack of BOWs, the lack of roaches, kind of cockroaches, the lack of spiders. I think spiders are synonymous with underground catacomb esque areas in all the games. And uh, I was very disappointed that we didn't have spiders. Imagine how creepy they would have been. I, I didn't mind the lack of, I didn't mind the lack of cockroaches because the cockroaches in the original were like the hardest enemy in the entire fucking game. <laughs> well, they were like, there. Especially in sh- in sh- yeah, they're there. It's not they're not there. They're just not in their fan. They're not attacking Ada because I remember when you played as Sherry, that was the easiest place to get oh. killed because they would stun. They'd stun lock you. You couldn't get out of getting killed because they would hit you and you try to move and you'd get hit by another one and you just couldn't move and you'd die. And then I remember trying to play the, um, that game and, you know, with no saves and that was the bit that I dreaded the most was, you know, was being killed by cockroaches. So I don't miss those, but the spiders are a, a, a shame. But then, to be fair, what they've, rep- what they've done in the sewers and this and what they've replaced it with, I'm okay with too, is a good replacement. I think the, the G-Monster Hive and all that is pretty cool. So. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a that was a really good addition, that because it makes perfect sense. Because if if Birkin's wandering around the sewers trying to impregnate people, look for a suitable host for a G embryo, it stands to reason there's going to be a lot more than one G creature that you see in the original game. So the fact that they've made like a little nest down in the sewers was a, a really really clever little addition. I thought maybe a bit too on the nose with the sort of alien chestburster things. Mm. But more so than the original yeah but the idea behind it was was good and it made sense in my eyes um it's really and creepy when the g creature's hand emerges out the water to try and get you mm. it's really creepy well done and i thought it was a, a, a good level of difficulty challenge and amount of hits they take i think they, they got the balance quite right don't get too close make sure you've got a defensive item on because then you have all sorts of problems um and the kind of the, po- the poison that they give off, but the, 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 you can take them down. But if you don't plan it, you're going to be in trouble. And I thought I thought they worked quite well. And you know, you would I would actively avoid areas. I think I remember running up one waterway, and then one came out. I said, "Nope, I'm not going that way." And you know, and I t- just to save on the ammo, which is mm. what all good survival horror games should do, because they take a lot of ammo, but enough ammo for their size know, yeah. yes yeah. So, before so this is the thing before the, when, I, when you were talking about the hub area and I kind of groaned it was more to do with the fact that what, I, what really bothers me about the sewer section is that the overcomplication of the chess puzzle is pointless <laughs> it's when, it, when you come to replaying the game several times over that whole section becomes almost worse than just the Ada section for like repetitive annoyance the, the puzzle where you have to go and get the switch the um, queen and rook uh, king pieces around, yeah, it, it's just repetitively annoying. It's just it's frustratingly slow, and it, you know what the answer is. It doesn't make the game any better. And then you have to go through the whole G basically area just to get to it, and, and it's, ugh, it's just frustrating. The more you do it, the more I realise that whole section is just annoyingly planned. It doesn't have the same flow that the original had, which is that these paths, it's linear in some respects, it is not a hub area. The path at which Leon and Claire appear into the sewers and the path at which they take in order to get to the cable car in both the A and B scenarios kind of work better and conclusively with the lift changes in the different rooms than the hub area in the remake. 
when it comes to having to do it so many times. Because again, much like the rest of the game, it's the same in both A, B, first and second scenarios. Chess thing felt really tacked on as a homage as well, didn't it? Mm. Yeah. That silly feel you get about, what was it, Knight's Construction Company or something? Run by world honorary chess members or whatever. Trying, you trying know. to justify more the reason for having the chess piece keys, yeah. That's and now it's the, the original story of someone getting we, infected who likes chess. And, and also <laughs> the, the idea that the key, the, the key was a chess board now like just a series of switches with chess puzzle pieces. They might as well have not been chess puzzle pieces anymore other than the requirement to have that reference to the original. They could have been six different keys. They could have been... It could have been a different lock. Why is it, it uh, again, just, it takes well, up inventory space for the sake of inventory I've got space. To, I've got to give the game a shout out, though. How nice is it to play a modern Resident Evil with fucking puzzles again? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was going to bring it up a bit Compl- later. Complaining what, as I am about that, the puzzles, it is nice to have puzzles. It's nice to have, like, I have no problems with having the three quests in the RPD. I have no problems with um, actually having to write notes and take yes. cards and just, all that sort of stuff. I don't get me wrong. That's kind of my issue with the with the chess one. Is it doesn't require that. It's just literally it's fetch questing for the sake of fetch questing. Yeah. Pick up these two pieces and then you okay. have to work out where they go. Sure, but it's not the same. It's um, I could do that puzzle with the pieces already there, and it would still be that puzzle. I will say, go, just just quickly oh, going well. back to the um, the getting the uh, medals in the initial puzzle. I much preferred the notebook you got in the uh, demo which wasn't quite as clear in the order you had to put the things in. Whereas I'm in guessing the, that was play, play, uh, player testing feedback. Yeah, I in, in the finished game it actually just tells obvious. you what you need to do. Yeah. But yeah, you're right, it was so good to get a bit of paper out, uh, especially for the personal safe codes. Uh, <laughs> that, so, what, yeah. do, do people really struggle with them? Because I think they're so easy. I was just—I no. just, I just had to write down, and I just did numbers one to nine or whatnot, and I was, I was just getting off. I'm, I'm, you know how we've talked about this before, but the puzzles that you that are in the games, and you never forget the code numbers or whatever in the future ones. I'm for this game, I'm never going to forget Leon's desk. It's it's Ned and Marge. It's, it's easy to remember. It's just like okay, yeah. and, and my my friend was watching me, and I made the comment about the fantasies in need in Marge, Marge, and he's just like, does the S and Leon stand for Simpson? Just <laughs> just just quickly jumping forward yeah. on on that subject, the um symbol codes in the lab do they change every time you play it? Yes, no. they do. I thought yes, they, they fucking did because I because I had them. I, I took a photo no, on no, my no, phone, no, 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 and no, they no, didn't no, work. No. No, they change. They change them in the A and B scenarios, but they yeah. don't change. They don't change. All oh, right, okay. It's, they don't change. So if you play the A scenario on either character, they're the same, and the same with B scenario, they're the same. They just change between A and B yeah, scenarios. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. you can play the yeah. clear A or Leon A, and they'll be exactly the same. There's, there's between them. There's four different codes in it. There's two, one for the one for the um, floor panel, one for the um, lab um, shutter case for the. Um, yeah. Do not get me started on the B scenario V jolt thing. Bloody hell! I honestly, I was, I was close to rage quitting the entire game. The first one, A scenario, that worked. That, that was fine. I have no idea how I did the B scenario. I must. And I was watching YouTube videos. I was like, you know, it's like a twenty-nine move sequence. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> if you, if you work it out, if you work it out, it's more than the A. It's more than the A set, but it's not more than ten. Yeah, <laughs> It's not you get an achievement, hard. don't you, if you do it in a certain amount of moves? The, the, the in-game, yeah, there's an in-game... Uh, Is there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, there's the, in, the in-game 
list that's bigger than the actual trophy achievement list, yeah. and then it's like it's, 79 it's items. It's the same as the um, control panel puzzles. If you do them in less than certain moves, you'll unlock some concept that. art or something. I was just going to say, I think it's nice overall that like the puzzles in this game, a lot of them were optional. You can tell the game is catered towards speedrunners, like Capcom said, because you know you can skip a lot of the puzzles in the RPD. In particular, you don't have to pick up the uh, the red jewel in the box to get the stars USB if you don't want to. You know. Mm. Um, oh, what Funny else enough, though, you say you say that, but actually, you can still achieve a pretty fast time even if you do. Because mm. I've had to to get the the S plus ranks, and I still want the firepower in hardcore mode, and I still I'm still doing the sub runs in under two and a half hours, and I'm not even a speedrunner. So if I actually knew what the fuck I was doing, like speed wise, I'd be I could yeah. probably get sub two hour times, you know. And even the precinct keys, you don't really have to get the diamond key, do you? I don't think, unless you're obsessed. Uh, yeah. with there's a few, you, ha- you you have to get the diamond key in clear scenario because you have to use it to get up to the chief's office. Uh, right. um, I think you know you still have to get all the keys at some point, but you the diamond key you only have to use for one actual door in both scenarios. And right. that's the thing I remember going back to that. I remember going, oh, the, the, the linen room I think was one key, and I was like, do I need to go in the linen room because it's right by liquors? And I was like, and oh, I, that's easy to get into because even if you even if the liquors in there, you, the liquors are around by the stars door, so you can run straight in from the library side and run straight to the door, and then you get close to you. Yes, but I, I don't know that. I didn't know that. Not you a problem. You can walk in anyway, and it wouldn't even come close to you. But you could run straight for the door, and it's not even close, and it doesn't come around and wait out there for you or anything like that. Yeah. Like, but yeah, it's the same. The personal safes that you have to unlock that those are semi-random. I think there's only so many code combinations between them, but they it gets jumbled every time you play it um that they're optional as well you don't have to unlock everything in those lockers but if you want the extra items or the item space because there's always a obviously a um a, a bag for more storage can i go back anything else anyone wants to comment about the sewer so we kind of people could dredged upon the sewers because there's no there's no real big boss battle oh, of course birkin birkin, birkin yeah i was gonna say so birkin birkin's battle is my Tribe. least favorite part of the entire game without question it is the most all the other boss battles in the entire game are actual fights this one is basically just a case of avoid him shoot him in the back so that he knocks himself down to his knees throw the crane and if you hit him enough damage you can do it in one shot if you don't you have to do it twice it is not a fight it is just literally a puzzle <laughs> and a not yeah. good puzzle at, at that either and it's, if you, it's not fun it's not enjoyable it's Pointless. If he grabs you, even with a self-defense item, you haven't got enough time if the container's on a return journey to get out. Yeah, and it's just it's, a cheap so one it's shot. Just, it's cheap. Yeah, it's terrible. It's not fun. Um, and the fight beforehand, when he's putting his head, um, arm through the ceiling, great callback to the um, cable car fight and the so the cable car ride in the original, but completely avoidable. If you stand over on the left side of the room by the there's like two aircon fans, you can stay yeah. there. Who can't even hit? Oh, right. It's, point, it's so pointless. Yeah. There are people who always complaining, I'm always getting hit by him. Just stand there, right by, to the left of the shutter door that he opens. And then, then once he, you hear him roar and move to the shutter door, stand to the left side of the shutter door, he rips the thing from right to left, you can run straight past him. Not even get hit. Pointless. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> pointless. So Rob, Rob's sounding like a pro speedrunner here. He's, he's, he's done all tactics down, hasn't he? Play, I've, I've, I've had to play that section so many times because the thing was, I would when I was doing the S thing, you can only save three times. I'd save before each of the Birkin fights. And, of course, the bit that I died the most on was the, between 
after that fight in the labs usually the and we know why this is because we'll get to that eventually um uh and so i would have to repeat this whole boss fight every time and it was so pointless it was so frustrating i didn't like it to begin with i hated it more by having having to play it so many times it was, as you say it wasn't really a boss fight as such and again if, if you don't know you think it is a boss fight and again i think on my first time i must have wasted so much ammo on it because you think you know in the kind of cor- not corridor bit, but the the bit before you get to the um, where, where the where, where the crate is, mm-hmm. you, know, you can you, you can battle him. I was shooting in massive rounds. I like, go 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 like that. And second time, I was like, "There's no point in me doing this. I'll just I'll just run lure him down, uh, yeah. run straight." Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh. And then of course he lingers at the top, so you can easily shoot off enough ammo for him to that only needs a couple of like a, a handgun ammo, and then he'll fall to his knees, and you can knock him off. Yeah. Uh, he, he lasts long well, enough. The, well, the easiest thing, as I said, like the whole point is the, the easiest way to drag him to his knees. You don't even have to hit him more than once. You can literally just have to duke, duke around him until you can see his back, shoot the eye on his back, and he drops straight to his knee. Yeah, it's not yeah. even. It's not even a fight. It is literally just. Oh, I'm looking for the weak, the the, the, the blatant weak point on his back. And it's, if it's one shot, and you just do that twice, obviously, if you do that with the crane, and that kills him. You don't even need to waste ammo on him. So. An, in, an interesting point, my uh, founding Project Umbrella member, uh, Chimera, was in contact. He, he got the game a bit later than us, and he was, uh, I, I was asking him how he's getting on, and a bit like us, he loved the RPD section. He felt the game went tumbling downhill after the RPD section, and I think there's parts of the sewers that were really good, and parts of the sewers, as you said, the Burke and Boss fight, didn't, didn't, leave, didn't leave the section on a good note, and I personally don't like the lab section at all and the whole build-up to it was very anticlimactic uh, I, I i'm not a fan of the new cable car i don't like the lack of the marshalling yard the equivalent to the marshalling yard is the crane section that the birkin fights in because if you look it, not you've got a lot of time to look at during the fight afters it's an open pit basically there is a sky box you know above um yeah it just doesn't have like a skyline but what, what this giant actual construction actually is i have no idea um some construction um but yeah it's that's just the thing with the geography of the whole game though isn't it it's just the lab um the sewers and the station are just vertically stacked um pretty whereas, much whereas you've got much. like the feeling of a journey in resident evil 2 by the time you got to the marshalling yard it felt like you'd actually come quite far from the, the city and I, I just didn't like the fact that it's like you know you get on this cable car which is in the technically public sewers and it's like, this lab is for Nest, the secret umbrella laboratory. Please, <laughs> please, please don't tell... three random locked doors. So, yeah, please, please don't tell anyone as we, as we leave. Well, you, need a visit, you, need a, you need your stolen visitor's key. Um, yeah. That only, will only work to October 1st. Uh, horrible visions of either Paul Anderson's lab wow. or Operation Raccoon City I, lab. I think the lab, when you're in the lab... I... It, it feels as far away from Resident Evil 2 as Resident Evil 6 did from the original. You know, it, it, it's not a bad section. And and if it was an original game, if it was Resident Evil 8's lab, I'd actually really quite like it. But because it's, because I know where it's come from, and I know the heritage. It just feels absolutely ridiculous to me. It feels like it's been it's been designed by the guy who did the Resident Evil 4 lab. Uh, sorry, 5 lab, the big tricell facility in in Africa. It just feels... which felt which was which was accurate because it was more modern. This thing yeah. doesn't feel like a lab the... that exists in 1998. By the time yeah, by the time you yeah. come out of that cable car, 
it feels like you've literally jumped forward 30 years because there's flat screens on all the doors and all the doors are electric and you know the mm-hmm. the, the lab in the lab in the original Resident Evil 2 to me felt very very realistic in terms of the setting of that game it felt like it was this secret facility with narrow corridors and things like that and there was an open sort of area where you put the fuse in and that but it's still quite small really when you see this vast cavernous expanse open up in front of you you just think this is absolutely ridiculous like literally how big must this chasm underneath the city be whereas how, how could anyone not know about this giant chasm that was yeah. built because obviously this lab can't be more than a few years old because yeah. it's so brand new um it's... whereas it felt like an old lived in slightly lived in lab and obviously by the old timeline that lab existed in the eight, late 80s i'm guessing if i remember correctly so by that point the lab's about 10 years old this one feels like it was built six months earlier like it doesn't yeah. feel like the g virus shiny walls and electronic walkways and you know the paul the, anderson the lab logo. voice welcome dr lee <laughs> the umbrella logo doesn't even match the style of the umbrella logo yeah, no. consistent to the time or the advertising. It's like a modern typeface. It's it is like... <laughs> inspired by Paul Anderson. It's it is, but I mean, gentlemen, gentlemen, we have we, we have to look at it. We we need to look at it almost with a, with a fresh pair of eyes because we are comparing. We shouldn't necessarily compare. And this is where I still think it does fail, as you said, it, from, uh, from aesthetic point of view. The fact that there is the things like the flat screen TVs, which you know this is 1998, and the game's done such a good job of still feeling within that era up to that point. With the yeah, exception the of the USB. Yeah, with it. Was, mm, Come mm. on. They weren't little thumb drives like that back in 1998. No. No. Um, well, that's not entirely true. USB USB flash drives existed, and like USB is, as an actual connector port has been around since the mid-90s. They weren't very utilised, but they did exist. Yeah, and so I, it could have, it, I could I could believe that a, a, a particular type of flash drive would. Yeah, it's not. It's it's more believable than the number of flat screen yeah. televisions and the electronic voice and the and the modern email apps that they've got. The the mm. actual drives the actual drives themselves it is slightly predating an actual existence. They didn't exist until about two thousand one or something like that. But it's a believable. The USB as a format existed at the time, so it's not a, too much of a stretch. Whereas the flat screen panels and the RFD chips that are in the you know, for security and stuff are probably a little bit too much of a stretch. It's even just like I say, it's even just the emails and things like that. You know, I, I remember, yeah. I remember Windows ninety eight guys. Come on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Outlook and Express. I, I think what I think what annoyed me most was, was the fact that it it, it was a good-looking lab in the sense that it had everything. that We've never seen a lab like this in Resident Evil, really, before. A proper, working, coherent lab. You know, it had sleeping sections because the people were working overnight. It had, you know, and like a, toilet. A, the, the, the cafeteria that makes sense. Like, those it, bits absolutely. work really well. I, Nick, I think those bits are good. Let, let me but say. they could have been additional to the original lab layout. If this was a new Resident Evil, if this was Revelations 3 and it was set in an entirely new facility and this was the lab, I'd say it's actually a really well-designed and well-put-together sequence, but as a remake of Resident Evil 2, just no. Yeah, so it, 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 that's the difference you've got to look at it, but I, I think even looking at it with a completely, I've never played Resident Evil before, the, the, the presence of like you know 20 Olympic-sized swimming pools and uh, a, a greenhouse that Poison Eye will be proud of, it, it, it seemed, that in itself seemed very out of place. 
And whereas I think in again, I shouldn't compare, but in, in the I think the the plants come out of come a bit left field in my opinion. Whereas I think in the original, you feel that the plants have been accidentally infected to an extent. You know, you've just got this kind of one big one growing down by the by the thing, and then you've got the poison ivy. Whereas this this seems to be I don't know what they were doing with them with with the plants. Were they testing the G virus? Were they testing the T virus on it? I think they're making ivies. Well, instead of having individual plant 43 BOWs, I think the, the, the big plant is plant 43, yeah. is plant 43, yeah, and they're just infecting these zombies, and they basically become like the plant zombies in Outbreak, don't they? Yeah. Mm. Yes. Except, except they've got like a Venus flytrap type head. For some reason. And, and, and then, yeah. fuck that. <laughs> very, very, yeah. very creepy. <laughs> They are, they are, the, the, and this is where I was going with my with my statement before about um you know having to replay that Birkin fight. They are a pain in the ass. Those things, and the game is inconsistent in how they appear. Like sometimes I can go through and I'll get the same pattern. I'll know I'll go into a room and it's like one's going to get up here and there's going to be one that's going to drop from the ceiling here and one drop from over here. And then the next time I'd go back and play the exact, I'd die somehow, you know. And the next time I play through the same game, same difficulty, same everything, all of a sudden there was twenty of them. <laughs> and they would be hiding behind things, and they'd be. And the problem is, it's not that I'm not prepared for them because I can stun them and run past them, or I can, if I get grabbed and I've got, you know, a sub weapon that I can, you know, for self defense. Problem is, you run out of sub weapons self defense if you grab grabbed more than a couple of times. So you're only carrying like two or three sub weapons. So eventually, I'd just die because one would appear out of nowhere, cheap, cheap fucking appearance, and then. I would have to restart the whole, especially on these the hardcore and start this whole thing over again. It's just like, oh my god, it's getting so sick of it. The, the one hit death in that is so cheap. It is, is, and it and it made planning your way back to when you got towards the end of the lab section really, really annoying because, as you said, you didn't quite know how many they were going to be and where they were going to. I think they're a nice modern spin on the IVs, though. Yeah, uh, they yes. They are creepy. They are well met. They are well done. Um, yeah, I I think as a design, I think as a replacement for having more a, a realistic answer to having an ivy moving around the lab, great. I think they're a really good replacement. I do agree with that too. And one of the creepiest no, bits is when you first go into the greenhouse and the door can't quite open because the vines are holding it shut. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, really that's icky and creepy to me. I also like the um, the bit once you get past it and you go in the in the bowels and you've got the section with the two liquors. Yeah, it, and, a and, and the room, whole, that is. That is a that is the, that requires a lot of strategic thinking about what's the best to do because you can kind of creep a bit of the way, and the, I think you can get to like the server room although you can't get in it or something like that. And then it's like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And then that was that was a challenging room. Because uh, you don't want to take up the liquors if you can help it, because you need you want the ammo. But I yeah. think that's one of the only, only occasion I, I felt c- compelled to take out the liquors. I, I did when I first started it. Now that I know better, the easiest thing for you to do is to, um, like, if you can, let a zombie get your get attention and not but you not make noise because <clears throat> they liquors don't care. 
try and stay get as close to a doorway one of the two in doorways that you can shoot the shoot the zombie like try especially sh- like something that's going to do a headshot especially is helpful then as soon as the lickers scream because they hear the noise run straight out through the door and just wait for it all to settle back down and repeat until you get rid of all the zombies and after that you can just walk through without worrying about the lickers at all so okay. much easier or just um, incapacitate the zombies before you even put the power on. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. That's a good yeah. idea. But I, I found that. Re- Anyone disappointed? We didn't get the evolved liquors. The yeah. kind of yeah. like, the, the, mutant, the mutant ones with the. Uh, no, because realistically, well, I am in the sense that it's another enemy type. But realistically, the liquors in this are actually tough enough. Do you really want an even tougher, more bullet spongy liquor in this? I just think it's a, it's a shame from that we don't get to see them from a design point. Mm. That's true. But then you, you could say the same thing if you really wanted to throw back to Outbreak. Did we not, why would we also not see like your kind of early version of the liquors, the pro- yeah. half half transformed versions? True. Same same thing. Like well, that was supposed to be that, that, uh, that I've heard that the, the the liquor transformation scene was cut. There was there was apparently a scene of the liquor of someone of them trans of a liquor. No, there's not. I think there was a concept art. Concept, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was ever in the game though. But oh, okay, con- okay. concept art of someone in the mid stages between zombie and liquor. Ah, the suspended period, ish. <laughs> but yes, so mm, so it's all very uh, generic. <laughs> I can't. I remember being absolutely pissed off that we had uh, Mister X suddenly turn up at the end of um, the lab section just as you finally got your upgraded power card to get to the yeah, again only only Leon's. Game. Yeah. Oh, is it? Is that, I need to do. I need to do Clary. I mean, how annoying that was more annoying than Sin at that point because you've got to. At that point, you've got had to plan. Yeah. Through, to, got, to be fair, to be fair, he's actually really easily avoidable, and I'm not saying that just because I've played it so many times. The first time, uh, I just literally ran out of the. I just ran out of the lab, and he did, yeah. and on the west side, and he disappears. That's literally it. It's really it's pointless. It's almost pointless, it, it, really. Otherwise. It is, but I just remember it being so tense because I had, you know, I knew that there were loads of ivies around. His, um, his and, appearance and, there is just to remind you he's still in the game. I think I, I think the thing I'm more greatly disappointed about at the, the point of the labs is that this west section is not overly complicated. It's what it is, but then like that's literally it, and then it go you go straight to the other side of the lab, and there's no that's all there is to the lab section. It's fairly yeah, between the ki- kitchen space when you first need to upgrade the thing, and then whether or not you optionally choose to go back in there to use the power um, yeah. thing. It, 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 that's all there is to the lab. It's very short. As well. Yeah, very, very short. Short and, and of the steward section. Yeah. And Leon even makes a point of it. Was that it? <laughs> that was easy. Oh, well, that's more about the fact that he just grabs the G-Virus sample, but yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's also funny. The thing that also makes me laugh about that is that the alarm goes off about an unauthorised G-Virus sample being taken from him just literally taking it out of the tray. Yeah. Like, not out of the room, not out of the space in the room, <laughs> but just literally the tray. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yes, I suppose the one in Sherry's pendant that must that must have been authorized by. Well, Burke. there isn't. This is that. This is the thing. There isn't one in no, Sherry's that's pendant. That's just used anymore. to unlock the devil vaccine. Oh, of course. Yes. But the alarm. Is. The alarm doesn't go off when Claire takes the devil vaccine. No one's bothered if you nick the vaccine, just the virus. Just the virus. <laughs> so that. Leads I thought the P4 to... lab was disappointing all round. To be honest. Mm. Yeah. 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 I would agree. It was. It wasn't. Um, it, it, as I said, I, I felt it didn't aesthetically fit 1998. No. The B, scena- the B scenario lab, you got a bit more of a cameo from mm. the old lab, didn't you? You, you got, got the Marsh 
the turntable tunnel, uh, one of the downstairs control rooms from the second game. And oh, the that appears. In, that appears in both scenarios. It's in not Leon's in the scenario. One. Yeah, it is. Are you, are you talking? Are you talking about the 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 computer monitor wall? Uh, okay. Yeah, the one that. Yeah, that's the, in could, both. It's in it? both. Okay. Yeah. The monitor room is. Leon, yeah. The monitor room is. Leon walks through, and then you end up having the conversation with Claire at the point at which she's uh, just about to act. Has just activated the lift with the train platform. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the other part because you get you get that subsection underneath, which is what the equivalent of, I guess, the the the, the power room and all that sort of stuff. You're kind of running through when the clock's going down. It's all very yeah. yeah. So we're now at the end of the game, and we've got Birkin G3 as the final boss, as opposed to G4 in the kind of A scenario. That was an intro. I didn't enjoy it, I don't think. I didn't find it. I found it annoying. It's very skill-based. It it can be overall as arduous as how good your shooting is. Yeah, mine's not very good. Mine's not very good. So <laughs> I, I, I struggle. Yeah, there's a there's a distinctive pattern, and I think you guys I, I gave, gave sent you guys the video because because I was doing the hardcore mode, and I was the other bit that I died heaps on was was. Clear's campaign was easy. I did that fight, and then I saved it beforehand. I did that fight, and I went through, and then they had the fight on the train platform. But playing the A scenario for Leon and Hardcore, you have the Tyrant fight on the um, vertical platform, and that's much harder. There's there's easy ways to get around it. I know this now, but at the time I didn't realize. So I played that section like five or six times. But it meant that I kept had to keep replaying because I'd save before the Birkin fight. I kept replaying the Birkin fight, and that just got easier and easier. The more times I played it, I realised, oh, this is there's some real, really obvious patterns to this, and it does become easier. And so your aiming becomes quicker, and you start to realise it's kind of like the original. Like he only swipes from certain directions. Like his, he uses his left claw dominantly, so you go to his left. Oh, sorry, your screen left, his right, and. Uh, you pretty much, he can he hardly ever you run straight at him and then just at the last minute go left and he, he will yeah you can miss you'll miss because yeah. he can't hit you and so I was just like okay so once I know this then all I need to do is just keep targeting the eyes because that's the weak zones obviously and so once I started getting better at that it became faster so when I I played through that section like four or five times plus the other times I already played it the first time I got like injured four or five times you know i was using all my health items and then the next time it would be one less and one less eventually i got to the point where i could finish that without getting hit once or i'd intentionally get him to jump in the air so that he'd land on me and then i'd use my sub weapon as a defensive weapon like a grenade because then it caused extra damage to him and i'd intentionally kind of provoke him into doing a big giant leap because it did more damage <laughs> to him than it did to me. It did no damage to me as long as I used sub weapon. So better fight than the the crane one anyway. Really, really. Well, yes, that's true. Yeah, it's different. You've never seen Birkin like that. He's picking, you know, ripping things off the wall and chucking them at you, and it's all a bit. I guess it's <laughs> equivalent to like in the original when he grabbed the pipe and then he used the pipe. Yes, he kind of ripped it off the the railing. You know, like I I, I was exhausted at the end though. Of that was, oh my god I, and I thought that was the end I thought I'd done it I just had to escape um, and then I, yeah. I didn't I did and I at this point and the first time I had my, my ammunition leading into the tyrant fight was about 124 of the flamethrower about 25 27 handgun bullets two grenades and a, two flash things uh, and that was probably about it and well it was impossible near it was impossible 
but yeah the um and then of course yeah we had that we have that you have the tyrant fight which is a bit of a homage really to Operation Raccoon well, City it is oh, yeah, I was gonna say yeah, it's, a, it's, it's exactly it's the same fight <laughs> you fight a, a limit broken T103 on the vertical lift in, in Operation Raccoon City well, I have to say it though, the Super Tyrant in Operation Raccoon City looks a hell of a lot better than it does in this game. Quite right. I talked on stream, and I've talked about it on the podcast, the Tyrant 103 emerging from the lava, or the, you know, the smelting pool or whatever it is, on fire, is the very reason why I chose my username to be Tyrant. What What, what is that at the end of the remake too? It is poor. <laughs> I did try to replicate it by having it on fire with the flamethrower. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so uninspiring. Even the way it gets dispatched, it's it's like it's hardly like falling into the you know the, the melt. What, what do you call it? The smelting pool, is it? Or yeah, you know the way the way it's dispatched in the original, and you get the amazing moment when the mutated claw comes out and slams down, and you think, oh fucking hell, this ain't good. <laughs> and then when it turns up at the end with that music, you know the music yeah, yeah, when yeah. it first arrives, it's like oh my god, this is just it's so underwhelming. I can, I can see, I can, sorry, I can't see, I can hear it right now. The music has been put underneath your conversa- the conversation you're having. <laughs> right yeah. now, I can see that dramatic music starting. And, and the sad thing is when you put the classic soundtrack on, and I can't believe we've got this far without talking about the classic soundtrack. No, but, I wanted to leave you, it until we'd finished. You, 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 <laughs> you, you get a feeling, you get a feeling of that with the classic soundtrack, and even then it's not enough to make it a great fight. It's such a disappointment. I was really, really let down by it, to be honest. Taking away from the connection to the original is a fight in itself in the game. It's actually really lackluster. It's a very limited space that gets more limited the longer the fight goes on because of bits of ceiling for landing on the platform. It's not very there's not a lot of skill to it i found even like, like you actually find i went and looked up because i was trying i was struggling so much it's like i can't i can't figure out there's no pattern to this like i i'm i'm pretty bad with patterns all the time and uh, but i couldn't even figure a pattern out with it because i was like okay so maybe if i just run he charges at me and if i go always one direction or i go whatever problem is he has like three attacks one's like a vertical course so one's like a, a leap and slam which is also vertical but he also has this horizontal kind of swipe yeah. from right to left and so there's no way to avoid that right to left one especially it's the hardest even 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 people i've seen who play very well um do, do you know do you guys know what the easiest method is to actually uh, beat them isn't it taking no, flashbangs in yeah no, i see where i stopped in flashbangs no, just run run around in a circle <laughs> i'm not kidding honestly you run around the outside of the platform it is the easiest way to defeat them you say that because though but you could do that in the original, with the original Super Tyrant. You ran in a small circle around him, and he would just pivot, and you just had to wait for Ada to throw the rocket launch. <laughs> yeah, but this, this time that doesn't happen if you don't... It, it, I don't think there's an inevitable clock. It comes If it does, it comes really late. You want to still damage him, but the actual easiest thing is just to run around this, the oblong, basically, of the outside. It's not even running in a circle, specifically. It's just running around the outside of the thing. And then whenever he takes a claw strike and misses you, you turn around and like hit him with whatever weapon. Flamethrower's pretty good, because you can just kind of hit him with a few bursts of flame and the flame continues to burn him for a little bit and you just run around until you see another opportunity and for the most part because he, he you kind of keep your distance from him he can't even hit you with the vertical slice and when he tries to do the leap and slam he just lands behind you because you're still moving but it's not fun it's no there's no 
battle to the battle. It's not a fun. It's like by comparison, comparison, the fight with Birkin beforehand can actually be a fun battle. Like it's it saves you out and picking up bits of wool and tanks and throwing them and stuff. Like it's actually kind of fun. Like I actually enjoy. I didn't actually mind replaying that. This was not fun to replay. It was just me trying to figure out a tactic. And then when I figured out that that was the easiest thing to do, I was like, oh really? This isn't a fight. This is just me like running around in a circle, not really engaging and that much, and then just waiting for the rocket launcher. Fair Which play guess, to... Uh, maybe you are right. Maybe it's the original. Like, <laughs> Fair play to Capcom for going to the effort of hiding Ada's identity in the rocket launcher sequence. Yeah. For yeah. absolutely no reason whatsoever. <laughs> that feels like the antithesis, though, of what the original was, which was that we, we didn't know it was Ada in 1998. Like, just everyone just assumed it was because it was a silhouette and the voice. But and the voice. People, <laughs> but, people, but people also... People... There was... Back then, there was the pro Ada camp, and then there was the pro not Ada camp. Because everyone's like, well, yeah, of course there was, because this is the internet. Um, (laughs) And um, I don't know, I'm I'm kind of split. Like, it's actually better than you don't know, but then it doesn't really make any sense. It's kind of like the whole Wesker thing. Like, she might as well be talking to Wesker, and we might as well have had references to Wesker, because at this point, it's already existing canon concept. So it wouldn't be that hard to actually just have that and nobody would bat an eyelid at her. It's like, so it might as well blatantly, you might as well blatantly just show Ada at this point throwing the rocket launcher because we know. No, ex- exactly. Well, it's true. But a, key right. well, a key difference here though is Leon saw her in the original and he heard yeah. her. So he, he left with a suspicion that she was still alive, which explains his lackluster response to her when he sees her in Resident Evil 4, whereas in this one, he finishes the game firmly believing that she died. Died, yeah. So that kind of finishes our little tour through the kind of A scenario, which we've kind of debriefed, I, I suppose, um, in, in quite a lot of detail. But we can move on to talk about kind of general feelings. And I think something we have just touched upon is the soundtrack, or should I say the lack of soundtrack. You have the... I say you have the choice. You don't, you don't have the choice. Nick. You don't have the choice. You have to pay. You've you have to pay. To have the... You've neglected Claire's final boss. Is that no, it's the a, a scenario. Yeah, it's the same both. So it's Birkin. This is what I was trying to establish because um, we were talking about this. I was trying to work out whether or not this is a new form that we hadn't untoward seen or if it's a re, such a massive revamp of a form. And everyone's telling me that it, on the screen it says when you die – that it's, it's uh, G4. It, G4. It is. I think and, it's meant to be, yeah. And, uh, the and, and the more I look at it, it's like the dog beast, but it's a reformed dog beast because it has arms and can climb up a wall now. And well, that's literally from Dark Side. Lots of, yeah, and it doesn't have all, as many teeth. It just has more eyes than it has teeth in the middle now, which is also weird. Um, so I'm like, is this another form between the forms? But obviously not. Um, that fight is Horrible. disappointing in the sense that it's yeah it's, it's just, just a bullet sponge fight it's, it's, it's everything you feared Nick mm. no well, this is what you do in the B scenario as well then in, in Claire B is that yes no yeah. it's in Claire yeah. A as well that is that, in Claire oh, well. that is that is Claire's yeah. final boss that is Claire's replacement for the tyrant so Claire will see, never fight the tyrant on the lift I see yeah. I see I need to do that it's, and this again which is why the A and B scenarios or first and second depending on how you who, what you're reading like don't aren't really that different the, 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 no, you, you play Claire's A game is the same as Claire's second game puzzle answers aside yes yeah I didn't like the G4 fight um, much because you, you think you're going to go all powerful with a Gatling gun and, and it doesn't really do that and well it does 
it's just a giant bullet sponge. This is the problem. And then when it comes down to finishing the boss, it's literally enough until you've shot the eyes out enough that it then crawls towards you. And whether or not you continue to shoot at it, I guess, depends on whether or not you've got how much time you've got left on the countdown as well. If you don't shoot it and you just keep moving away from it, it eventually just gurgles and dies anyway. The eyes will start popping and it dies. So it's yeah. just. Uh, I think a lot of people have had issues with that fight, though. I think I've read online. It is rubbish. It's, it's a uh, rubbish fight. But it's that you can't avoid some particular attacks. I think. Oh um, uh, no, you can't. You can avoid all attacks, but they're not very. It's not very obvious. Like the one where he charges at you, he can follow you for ages, and that can differ depending on where you're placed. It's, right. it's not consistent. Um, you basically just have to get a. a, a an angle away from him so that he runs into a flat surface. But sometimes it depends on where he starts. That if he's, if you're on one side of the train platform and say you're at the at one end of the train and he's at the other and he does that charge at you, you can run around the corner and he doesn't hit the corner as a corner and stop himself, like stun himself. He actually does follow the corner and runs around and will knock into you. And then especially in some of the, well, depending on your health, he takes quite a lot of health doing that. Even And obviously in hardcore it takes you straight to, to danger, but even on standard i think it's like half your health easily or maybe more. and that's inconsistent because the next time he might do that and then bump into the wall and he stuns himself it's it's very weird something's not right with the with the way it reacts and that's probably why people are complaining that that's like that seems un, inconsistent unfair which it probably is really when i think about all right well we'll we'll um We'll come back to a bit more about that on B anyway, but we'll. So in terms of the music, as I was saying, yeah, the, if we talk firstly about the vanilla soundtrack, I thought was easily the most disappointing element of the game. The lack of soundtrack was terrible. Mm. Um, I know what they're trying to do because I think Resident Evil Seven pulled it off quite successfully. But even it, there's minimal, which is Resident Evil Seven soundtrack, and then there's non-existent. Um, which was the remake 2 soundtrack. It's the most disappointing soundtrack of the entire series, and in that yeah. I include Operation Raccoon City. Wow. I, I, I barely reckon... The only time I, I think I ever... even uh, My ears pricked up was the save room, but that's quiet. And it only and then, happens once. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, I th- yeah, I think Birkin G3. Yeah, G3, bit- G3's got a, sound, a, a, a song that... Operatic equate to, yeah, operatic thing. It doesn't equate to the to the same as the original soundtrack, but it's the closest approximation it's got. The only other bits in the entire soundtrack that I remember paying attention to is literally the opening sequence when you run towards the door with uh, the whatever character you're playing as, and the other characters on the side of the door. You get the the same dramatic build up noise, and them leaving in the police car has the same little bit of a beat behind it from the original cutscene. And uh, and the only other thing that most people remember is the new version of the Mister X theme. That's yeah. actually dun, dun, dun. Which, depending on yeah, your depending yeah. on your personal preferences, actually really good, or sounds like he's going to be in a strip club and about to start taking that hat off for an entirely different reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well, that's just ruined it. No, I thought the I thought Mister X theme tune was actually quite good, but I said most of the game you just you, you barely notice if there's anything going on. Don't get me, the sound effects are really good, you know, and we talk about the gore and, you know, the actual, and I think I think some concerns about the sound of the gun from the demo were alleviated. I think the gun sounded okay in the end. Mm. But, yeah, the soundtrack was woeful. And you guys keep telling me to buy the original soundtrack and well, everyone says... Well, well let, me, let, me, let me sell it for the audience. I will never, ever turn off the classic soundtrack because just the simple fact of fighting the Birkin boss battles with the classic mm-hmm. themes, is good enough, right? 
but walking around the sewer with a marshalling yard theme is everything. Yeah. yeah. Going around Completely the star's agree. office with that piece of music playing. Yeah. I'm never yeah. going to go back. Oh, Not ever. It, it's 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 the same. I played um I played the fourth survivor and have the original. Yeah. Dun, 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 yeah. It's ace. Dun, dun, it's quality. Dun, 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 but Nick. I'm like, yes, awesome. The, the biggest thing I can sell you it, with the classic soundtrack on, the next time you play the game, the next time it loads up, plays the original, like... Um, a track screen. A track screen music, and it fucking and says Resident Evil 2 when you press to, the start yeah. button. Come on. As it should. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fall for Capcom silly games. I'm not paying two pound fifty. Two pound. You pay more for a pint, and you'll have yeah. more enjoyment out of this there than a pint can give me. you. It's it's let's 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 draw a line the same. It's criminal that this wasn't just an unlock that you actually Agreed. have to pay for it as Completely PRD. Let, let's 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 not be pretentious about it. This should have been something that just was an unlockable regardless. Because it's I think the soundtrack download as a key is like eighty megabytes. It's eighty megabytes that could have been on that disc. It's not much at all. Yeah. Um it, it it's not much at all, but it oh my god, it improves the game. You will never. I, I swear to you, you will never turn it off. Yeah, I, I say this. I played through the game. Th- I got, played through the game, all four scenarios, and my two hardcore runs that I did for S Plus mode with the orig- with the actual soundtrack. And then I played all my other runs that I've done ever since with the unlockable weapons with that original soundtrack. And I'm like, why did I not put the original soundtrack on earlier? Honestly, mm. <laughs> I wish I'd done it. I wish I'd done it after my first run. Come on, Nick, do it. I won't. I'm gonna get it on the Game of the Year edition. Oh, it'll Nick. It'll be on that. <laughs> By then we'll be playing Resident Evil 8 or bloody whatever. Rev- Remake 3. Remake 3. Come on. It's, it's £2.50. It feels a bit doing a disservice. If you're going re- to replay it now, just do it. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> don't, don't. Honestly. The marshalling yard theme. theme. Come yeah, on. We're not, under- we're not underselling it. Just spend do the you money. Know, do you honestly. know actually, One of my favourite bits. Honestly, no, I will pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favourite bits. And I, and I say this is it was one of my least favourite sections of the game is the lab. There is an amazing moment where the music kicks in when you you go down the dark corridor toward the kitchens, and the, the yeah. classic lab theme kicks in, and it's like, oh wow, this is incredible. Yeah. It's a damning indictment of the vanilla one, though, isn't it? No, it is. yeah, the, the vanilla soundtrack to the game is the worst in the series because it's so it is, uninspiring it, and this, and woeful this, in its interpretation. Wow. If, if, if anything we've said about the entire game is that they've you know under under they've changed things and remixed things and redone things with intent, and you see that the I you know I think that's the one thing we probably all agree is that regardless of what we think about connections to lore or anything later on, there's a certain level of care and craft that's definitely gone to all the elements that so they've paid attention yes. to what was in the original, and but the music is the one area where that does not apply. The and thing, it feels like they, they've realised this, and this is the reason why this DLC actually exists. Is the that they realised that the soundtrack was so so what it was, they well, could never even come close. This is a series, and, even even in its worst entries, this is a series that is celebrated for its soundtrack. That there are you know orchestral performances you can attend in Japan of this soundtrack, you know, for these games. You know, they are they are the soundtracks to this series is is beloved. You know. And I only need to talk about things like you know, Resident Evil 5 or Winds of Madness. Even Resident Evil 6 has a great soundtrack for all of its faults that game has. Even, in, like I say, Operation Raccoon City, I defy anyone to say the Nemesis remix in that game is not good. You know, it's, it's a really well-composed piece of music. So the fact that they just 
had such a lackluster approach to what is generally regarded as the best soundtrack in the series is a little bit unforgiving made right by the dlc and dlc which again it's crime that it's a dlc but honestly i would put it up there as one of the best pieces of dlc just for the fact of what it does sure like well let, let's keep in our negativity pit um, <laughs> Let's go, uh, and we and we and we can and we can dwell on the uh, crushing disappointment of the B scenario or second run, as I say. Yeah. Like. And, can, and can, the, can I? Can I? Well, sorry, I've got to let you go. I was, go was going to say I'm going to preface this by saying why even bother? Uh, let's be honest. Let's go back but, and look at this on a, on a, from an entire basis. Whatever the second run is, it would have been so much better just to have two scenarios that were so much more tightly scripted. Yeah. Agreed. For lackluster attempts at Completely stuff that just doesn't connect. All they had to do Realize. was follow the template of Claire A. Leon B, because that's the canon one. As much as I prefer it the other way around, I know Claire A. Leon B is the canon one because of the Sherry Infection storyline. There's there but is your script, there is your roadmap. It, just it doesn't make even that. have to it doesn't even have to be that. The thing is, as well, when you've got this ability to remake it, you can use that as your baseline and have like eighty percent of it. But there's bits from the the other scenario you can bring them across. There was nothing stopping them from doing that either, because there's bits that you could still make line up from the other way round with those character beats that would still work with having the mass majority being clear A Leon B. Guys, but that's simple truth. I'm going to annoy a few people here who are listening right now, and I, and, and for you guys, I want you to listen really, really carefully. Okay, there is only one Mr. X in this game, right? There is only no, you one. Can, you can glitch it for a second one. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, you can. I've seen that video. It's good. I don't care what you know. What theories you've got, there is only one Mr. X in this game. The other five are at the Dead Factory, I'm afraid. There. Come on, no, you know. Well, you until, until 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 remake three comes out, and then there's <laughs> only three of them. Something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, the, but, the, but the, they've taken the approach of the original um, Resident Evil in that you've got you know you've got the Chris and Jill storyline and they don't really intersect, but yet they both exist. This is the same in this, okay? I think it I doesn't think matter if Mr. X dies in Claire's campaign because it's a that. different Mr. X to the one that's in Leon's campaign because they're different because they're not really that connected. Yeah, because the puzzles are all the same and the yeah. pathways are all the same regardless. I, I, it's, it's I've seen people go to great consistency. I've seen people go to these great lengths to explain about how the fact that there's three Mr. X's in the game and, and this is when this one appears and this is when this one appears. Okay, you want to go to that level to explain how um you know the tyrant can heal itself after Birkin's massive wound. You explain to me how Birkin can fall off a gantry come back up the gantry, repair the floor so he can have the same fight again. <laughs> you know, you can't well, apply I, I, that logic to Mr. X and then just ignore it for the Birkin battles. The, the scenarios are just not meant to intersect and that is the unfortunate truth of the remake. And hey guys, I don't like it either. I'm sorry. The air <laughs> scenario is the canon and that's the canon for one character. It doesn't matter which character you pick, that is the canon scenario and the other one it's like the original game, isn't it? The B scenario, I see it as like essentially like the randomizer feature for the N64 version. It's just a different way to experience the same game with different enemy placement, different item placement. Some of the item boxes are switched around, I think. But and the, only, the, and the only difference is obviously the character path is specific to the character. So if it's yeah. clear, it's through the chief's office and the orphanage, and it's Leon, it's yeah. the west, sorry, the east wing and the um, sewer, sewer entrance is different. 
And you've just got that added incentive of an alternate opening and an extended ending. That's all it is. I can see why Capcom kept quiet about it, really, because I think they knew if they'd mentioned that there is four scenarios, people were just going to automatically assume it's a a repeat of the zapping system, which it obviously isn't. And it's massively disappointing it's not there. We're not going to beat around the bush. That 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 mechanic in 1998 was legendary. You know, oh, I, I was saving ammo. I was leaving hip packs yeah. or trying to, and you know, oh, but I'll save the stuff in the armory for for um for Claire. But and, to, uh, to see it, and and that's one of the greatest tragedies for me is Leon and Claire's relationship is harmed as a result of it. In in no matter which version of the game you played, in the original, you got the feeling that these two characters were working through the story together. Because there would be key moments. There'd be key moments where they'd they'd get on the radio. You know, when you moved out the RPG, they would on the RPG they'd get on the radio and and they would be working through the story together. They'd even have a meeting in the sewer. Leon and Claire, outside of their um, little meeting at the gate, do not speak to each other until the end of the game. Bar one little file you can pick up in the star's office. That's it. I know there's. There's more. There's one, one. one more. There's, there's, there's one more. Well, there's two. There's one at the um, cable, cable car. car. So oh, the cable car. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. So it's files, but it's not actual interactions or speaking over a radio. And mm. also, can I? Can I I'd also, I was strongly disappointed at the beginning because obviously, the, the very beginning of the B scenario t- pretty much takes place at the gate sequence, you know, with the gate yeah. scene, doesn't it? And, and it's like I just hated the fact that it goes oh. You know, I sense Leon's been here a long time, and it's like, yeah, he bloody well has. And it, the timing is off right from the beginning. There's a whole, whole section in the streets. Perhaps it's DLC coming at the beginning of uh, the B scenario. The, the timing doesn't work at all because by the time no. by the time you're in the A scenario, so they put it in perspective of whatever the characters of the A scenario. So they manage to go through the streets, go through the east offices, uh, talk to Marvin. Go through, get uh, the west, go into the west wing, go up the stairs through the library, come back to Marvin, and then by then that's when the characters appeared outside the gate, and then and they mysteriously are standing there before the helicopter has <laughs> crashed, even though because that doesn't match yeah. up either. You know, and in Leon's case, he's got to get changed and get all his gear on. Yes, <laughs> I I, th- I think at some point they thought about doing it, which is why, which is what the scene is with at the gate, and then I think they realised this is. They're not gonna. Ha- they're not gonna be able to do it in time, or they don't. They just didn't really do it. Yeah. It's never. So they they thought they sort of. We'll just have. You know, they planned out part A, and, and that's how it was. And they're, they're going to have maybe some meeting points and whatnot. But they just thought sod it. We'll just do the same game. They they couldn't be bothered. I, I don't say bothered in necessarily a negative way. I just don't think they could be bothered to try and make it work. So they just thought we'll just cobble it together and, you know, people can have some fun, which is fine. But I, I think I would have possibly preferred a lengthier. Part A, then, or first one. You just think about some of my favourite moments in the original are the interactions between Leon and Claire. You know, I've talked and waxed lyrical about their moment in the star's office together, and you get nothing. Mm. You don't even get the conversations over the radio. You know, like, you know, we now have access to the back of the precinct, you know. Mm. There's just nothing. They have no interaction. Leon and Claire, they essentially do not care about how the other person is doing, whereas you always felt tethered to them in the original which made it all the more rewarding at the end when they actually do reunite on the train because it feels like it's a journey that they've both been been through. Their, their you know, moment on the monitor at the end of the remake is pure happenstance. They just happen to be in that place at the right time. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
and, and, and why the and why what you see in the B scenario, the other character has just been leaving notes, which obviously you never see them do anyway, um, which doesn't make any sense. But they're just on the hope that maybe you're going to come across this note and these random items that may have left you. you know, yeah. Like. All I needed to do was do two scenarios that you know linked up a lot better and just have like a, a Resident Evil three choice thing at the start, which determined which character started at the front of the police station and which character started at the back. Yep, that's all I needed to do to experience the full game. I completely mm. agree, and I, I, you know, I, I think you said it as well before, John. I would have sooner had one clear narrative for Leona and Claire than four sort of half-assed same scenarios. Yeah, because out of the four scenarios, only one of them really matters. Yeah, the others are just essentially cosmetic differences, really, aren't they? Well, let's climb out of the pit because we, <laughs> for, for all these negativities, I think. Um, I think they're quite obvious neg- uh, negative points, but overall, I think we are quite positive towards this game. I think it's been a revelation in terms of its survival horrorness. So, um, well, I think we should go on. I was just going to say, shall I put it out there? Is it is it the best over-the-shoulder Resident Evil game by a country mile? Yeah, I would say yes. so easily. Yeah, it's yeah. The, it's the it's the one that truly feels like it feels like it's the game they've been working to get to for 14 years yep mm. for the care and quality they've put into this game just play this game for 10 minutes and then spend 10 minutes with Resident Evil 6 the difference <laughs> is phenomenal <laughs> and, and that's even Leon's section which is the survival horror bit mm. I, th- I think this comes down to just the fact that they thought really clear and hard about the sort of gameplay style and campaign they wanted as far as that part goes and I think that's the bit that shines through the most is that the gameplay and the way that those things play out like how Mr. X works how the enemy damage placement you know how to transverse this and how to make that balance between actually trying to keep a survival part of the survival horror aspects going is the the key and I think that bit is the bit that succeeded with the most I was going to say we've got one last thing in the B scenario which obviously is the last last boss fight which is the only difference Oh, what, the G5? Yes. Yes. Uh, did anyone... I, I, I did uh, get... I got killed on that, and I was ingest, inge- ingested by the toothy vagina. I say visually, <laughs> it's, it's incredible how it um, yes. starts breaking the train up. Yeah. It's, it's really astonishing visually. Yeah. That's what I wanted to talk about. It is visually... If, if what we originally saw was a cutscene with a weird polygon monster that tries to like pull itself inside the train and then goes back into a CG cutscene. What they've done to re- replace that and the visuals in this game are amazing. Dude. Yes. It's, it's truly grotesque, isn't it? Yeah, it is really, yeah. It's actually really horrific. And I, I think it really keys... I think the one thing that's worked about Birkin right from the get-go and where I, why I wanted to bring this up is the whole body horror aspect of it has always been a really good idea. And the way that it is showcased in this game throughout is actually really impressive his transformations get weirder and creepier and grosser yes he's not a difficult boss um but you've just got to keep pounding him sufficiently so he doesn't get too close otherwise you because you can't get back through the door he doesn't even say how much damage i killed him with a spark shot oh did you okay yeah i just thought i'd give it a go and uh, i think it only took three charges and that was it and if you've got if if you're playing as leon you've got the rocket launcher Oh, of course, yes. Yeah. Oh, that didn't last long. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, well, uh, as we can quickly talk about the fourth survivor as well. That leads nicely into Birkin as well. I don't think they even tried 
I don't think that I think they've realised that the majesty of perhaps the RE2, the original FMV of Birkin's or of Hunk's attack, plus the quality of the outbreak video. I don't think they even oh, tried. Oh God, yeah, Nick, how can I not get onto that? I know, I know, I know. Um, they, they, they just they just thought of the videotapes, just show little bits, which I actually think I, I think it's probably sensible that they didn't try to replicate it because yeah. they wouldn't have come close. And this is something we'll get onto in the Canon podcast, I think. Um, it's the fact they don't even try to replicate these big moments of the Canon, do they? Um, they, no. leave, they leave it well alone and what they replace it with though I will say is not great I don't think you get any any aspect of the desperation of Birkin or Annette or anything it's really no, really it serves disappointing it serves it serves it serves it I'm kind of in the mid-ground it's like I understand that it serves experience. I think the one with um, I think the most the, the best part of them comes from the last videotape one which is that the guy who shoots Birkin was gets told off because they weren't supposed to shoot him they were supposed to take him in and that bit has never been was never made very clear in the original I think that's the only bit about it that it does better that yeah. they were supposed to bring him in with the research that sequence yeah. is so iconic in the original though and it is mm. you know, yeah. and yeah and the, re- and the outbreak retelling done from the, the rep perspective is yeah Bloody hell, fourth, well. fourth Survivor's hard as well, though, isn't it? I'm pleased it they hard. kept it as a mini-game and didn't try to canonise it, though. So, Umbrella Chronicles, you're still relevant. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not much different, is it? Well, Umbrella Chronicles actually has a storyline that you work through, and I thought they were going to, you know, because it, it's narrated, and it, he has radio chatter and stuff playing through it. There's there's a little bit of that, but it's mostly... Uh, have you, have, hands up, who's actually finished Fourth Survivor? I, I can't. I, I, I got to the Ivy Corridor and fucking died I got to the I got to the courtyard and then I, need, I needed to turn it off oh. before I destroyed my console <laughs> <laughs> okay so I'm the only one here who's actually finished it yeah okay cool. alright <laughs> but the, I've seen the ending and it, it, there's, there's nothing yeah there, there's not much it's literally just the the, the the only difference is the pilot wanted to meet Hunk because he knows his nickname the Grim Reaper and that's literally the only difference and that's still well within its reach of there is a really nice throwback to umbrella chronicles though because he actually repeats a line he actually oh, get, yeah. he gets to say death is your responsibility this is war death is your responsibility which he said in umbrella mm-hmm. chronicles which is just, although he says it's a goblin six in umbrella chronicles yeah. does he even actually reference him having a sample of the g virus in this i don't think no. so it, <laughs> no, doesn't. it doesn't it just right. talks about him being a survivor so he's just escaping so anyone game. anyone who hasn't played the original doesn't know, right? Okay. I just assume he's one of the the, the, the survive, only survivor of the team. Yeah. And dead aim, dead aim, not canon, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so you guys are really struggling with it, obviously, though. So I, yeah. to me, it plays exactly like the original. I know it just without the the timer on the screen, obviously. But um, most rooms are just literally they they're mini puzzles. They're, they're actually, people always think it's about the combat, but it's not. There's a direct line through most rooms that's like which enemies you need to avoid, which ones you need to take out. Every room is a puzzle. It's, it's literally all it is. It's not, once you work out what those puzzles are, it's not hard. Okay. Like there are rooms where you can, if, as long as you know which path in between which zombies, they can't grab you. If you know which enemies you need to take out and which ones you can avoid, those are the ones to attack. It's, it's, it's all a shape and a pattern. Um, like even rooms where like the there's the room when you come out of the sewers um, underneath the RPD and it's like a dark room and there's zombies everywhere. Honestly, you pretty much just run straight ahead. 
<laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous. It doesn't seem to make sense, but you literally just run pretty much straight at the first zombie that you see, and, you, and they don't have a chance to even grab you before they get off the ground. Same with the parking lot. You pretty much run a zigzag pattern right towards the gate from the um, sewer section from where you come out. Yep. And then you go right, and you have to shoot like one zombie. That's it. It's it's ridiculous. And then obviously any rooms with the liquors you can walk through. Mm-hmm. And if there's something else you, and the liquor, you just avoid the other thing and then walk. It's it, the ivies are the worst part in the entire thing. So I'm not surprised you guys are having trouble with the ivies. It was just me. And yeah. the worst. I didn't have any self defense well, no, items. And the other part of it is that outside, but there's like four enemy types. There's I think there's like the big G mutation. There's an IV or two IVs and like zombies and maybe a dog. It's that's pretty. That last section out in the courtyard is pretty fucking killer. To be quite honest, that's the, that's the most. Is that how far you got then, John? The courtyard right at the end. Yeah. Oh, I ran God. outside thinking, oh yeah, this is ass. And then there's a fucking G creature there and, <laughs> and an IV. zombies and an IV and I was like, yeah, right, you've got me. I give up. I'll shoot myself need, in the head. You, need, <laughs> you, need, you definitely, you definitely need at least one, um, uh, one defensive sub weapon. Yeah. I think I was a flash grenade think, or a grenade. Yeah, I think I was out of everything by the time I got to that bit. I think it's a shame right, as well so, you don't get the uh, last when you finish Fourth Survivor in this. You don't get the little splash splash screen, which tells you he escaped with the G virus. No, mm. you just so you don't actually get that little bit of cannon. I'm sure. Is there not something that confirms you got the G virus in the original Fourth Survivor ending? Yeah, it says at the beginning I've got the sample. Yeah, the yeah, engine shows him flying away in the helicopter, doesn't it? Yeah, in the helicopter, and then there's the the alternate version for the tofu one where it's Hunk flying away cooking tofu. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Well, um, we've had we've had quite a lot of call-ins, and what we're going to do, we're going to have play a couple now, and we'll comment on them, and then the rest we'll have for uh, episode fifty-one. Apologies if you have sent in. I know we've we've had some uh, that have been sent in, but we are conscious of trying to keep everyone awake. And we've uh, been recording. Uh, this is going to be quite a long podcast. You're probably quite uh, uh, towards the end now. So, um, but uh, so we want to give as much uh, time and effort on everyone's calling, so we can. I think we'll have probably more time to do it in the next one. So the first one is from Lou. Hey guys, it's uh, Lou here, and we made it. The RE2 remake's here, and in my opinion, it's pretty damn great. Has some issues, but I want to get into the positives first. First off, I think that this is really not just a love letter to the original RE2, but to the whole series in general. This is like a greatest hits game in my opinion. You've got all these different gameplay elements like the ammo mixing from 3, the multiple stories from 1 and 2, even if it's kind of leaning a little more towards 1 in its execution here. You've got the over-the-shoulder camera from 4, even the best parts of the item searching and uh, mapping from 0. It's all here. The defensive mechanisms and weapons from Remake, too. It's all just really blended well. And it feels frightening, too. I love the new RPD. It's got such a great mood, environment, and the fact that there's no loading, and you can just wander around, and that you're always on the move while getting those real few moments to really savor things are great. Because it's not that I'm just wandering around with nothing to do, it's that I'm getting lost, but when I'm getting lost, I'm actually also being terrified of knowing what enemies to take out, what zombies to dodge, where the tyrant's going to show up. It keeps me on the edge of my feet while also giving me plenty of time to explore. There are great puzzles in this, and these are the first puzzles in a while that I've actually kind of had to rack my brain and admittedly uh, look up guides. <laughs> it's phenomenal. The writing is also terrific. I really love how they updated things. Seeing characters like Marvin and Kendo get not only updated personalities, 
and expanded personalities, but some of the most genuinely moving series moments, they did good there. Likewise, I'd also say that Leon and Ada's interactions were terrific, and that Claire and Sherry, you know, they updated those stories so well, in my opinion. There's some flaws there, and there's some characters that I have an issue with. Namely, I think that Irons was handled better in the original, where rather than making him proactive as they did in this, which would have been fine, I would have rather they had at least built him up and not just kind of run in with him being a psychopathic abuser. That being said, though, on that topic, Claire and Sherry are wonderful, I'd say. Even more so than Leon and Ada, I just really had a soft spot for Claire and Sherry's plot. The Lucky Jacket scene on the tram, that may be one of my favorite takes on their interactions ever. And I would actually say that moments like that and Leon and Ada's confrontation within the labs, that yeah, damn, I'll say it. I think I prefer those to the original version of the game. On the other hand, though, you have Annette, and I still don't think anybody in 20 years has ever figured out what to do with her character, and I don't know what they were trying to do here, but at least I felt like they were somewhat along the lines of finally having a solid, definitive portrayal of her that kind of meshed with the original game. But she's such a weird character, I, I don't know if anybody knows what to do with her at all. Oh, and yeah, Ben was there, I guess. That was kind of a letdown too, but anyways. Other things that I really liked were just the way that the puzzles, I think I already said that the puzzles are a challenge, but they are. This game is a challenge. I had to strategize and move about and think of everything, and that's the first time in a while, even with Seven, which was a challenging game for me. This is the first time that I've had the chance to really feel like I was exploring all the way through even to the end game, and that means a lot. It took me back to the classic feeling of Two and relearning everything, because much like the remake of RE1 throughout most of the mansion for that, this made me go, wait, I don't know this game. I thought I knew this game. I know bits of it, but not all of it. And on the other hand, though, there's the things that I wish could have been done better. The biggest issue for me is the loss of the real divided scenarios. And what I mean by that is each individual campaign is fine and streamlining your story is fine. But the problem is that in doing that, the second run mode felt pretty weak. I was okay with it the first time I did it, because when I did my first run, I thought, okay, this is giving me the other side of the story. Maybe things are a little different now. And you did have to redo a lot of puzzles in the first RE2. Thing is, where it falls apart for me is that it's so similar to the first run of the game that you do, and that the bosses are often shared. I took a big issue with the fact that all the Birkin fights are in both campaigns, and that just, just left a sour note in my mouth of thinking that they could have done something else. They could have split things up and maybe diversified things a little bit more, and it just made me let down. It doesn't spoil the whole game for me, mind you. It's just, it could have been better. We could have had something different, and I wish they had executed that a bit differently. Likewise, I also do think that certain elements of the game, namely the Ada and Cherry sections, uh, they could have used some work. The irony is in this case that I think that the Sherry section is better in this than in the original RE2, whereas the Ada sections in this are worse than the original RE2. And I didn't like the scanning, but I thought the tense hide-and-seek in the orphanage was actually pretty damn good. And the other area that didn't really work for me, I would have to say, is the sewer because that's where I feel like the game does get into a bit of a slog. You do kind of just march around, and while I do like the idea of expanding on the G creatures and there's some really creepy stuff in there, it, the game slows to a bit of a crawl there, and hunting for all the pieces, I think that could have been done better. The only 
other thing in terms of gameplay design that bothered me were, ironically, both of the final bosses. I do not like the new Super Tyrant's look, not just because of nostalgia, no, because I will admit, and Sean will probably hate me for this, I like the head on the Tyrant. I like the Undertaker kind of vibe that I get from it. It's fine. I like it. It looks creepy. He still looks creepy. It's just that you've sacrificed a iconic and actually really intimidating design for something that looks more quote-unquote realistic but doesn't feel anywhere near as memorable. And likewise with G4 Birkin, you've thrown out a boss fight that while annoying was really well designed with something that just looks like a doofy rubber suit and isn't very fun to play either. On my Claire second run, as of this recording I'm doing my Leon second run, it just wasn't that fun. And yet everything else really clicked gameplay-wise, except for one other thing, and it's a very glaring thing for me, and I know other people have brought it up, and that's the music. RE2's got one of the best soundtracks in the series, and for me, a big part of Resident Evil has always been the music. 2 is one of those games where people know those songs, they know the RPD's main hall song, and yet this game, while trying to have that ambience to it, loses the music, and I feel like you lose a chunk of the soul of the original by underplaying it. The classic DLC for the sounds is a really nice touch, but that's paid DLC. I just wish that more of the remixes and more of those iconic things had been in there. But as it stands, the game is a lot of fun. Would I say that it replaces the original? No, not really. I would say that it really kind of sits alongside it. This is a kind of a weird case for me, because I love RE2 to death, the original RE2. I will always love the original RE2 to death, but I really love this as well. And I think that in the future, I'm going to be able to look at both games and enjoy them from their own perspectives. What Capcom does with the canon and the lore, I don't know. This obviously is a much darker take. I like the darker elements, I like the more human and sinister elements, and I liked the new bits of lore. And that they kept it self-contained. They didn't do a lot of naming and call-outs to other games, which I was worried about, but I'm happy that this is a self-contained title. I'm happy that this isn't trying to tease a three, or trying to, you know, link up to god knows how many obscure sources. I'm actually okay with that because it keeps it as simple as the original game was. That being said, if they do choose to adapt elements of this, or we end up with more of a headache with the continuity, so be it. We'll sort it out. That's what this fandom does. That's what we've done in the past. We oftentimes have to take things with a grain of salt, and I think we will. But in the end, RE2 Remake, one of the best games so far this year. It was everything that I hoped for for the most part. I did forget to mention, uh, Fourth Survivor's really good. It's too hard at the moment for me, but I'll get there. And Tofu Survivor is even more amazing and honest to God hilarious than ever. Uh, Tofu Sentai for life. Um, it's great to see so much love and care put into a game and put into a remake by a team that you can tell really did love the material. And so I've got to say, you know, like Capcom said, we do it. And they did it. So bravo. Thank you, Capcom, for this wonderful remake. And whatever you've got stored for the future, I look forward to it. I'm sold. Peace out. Hope you guys enjoyed the game as much as I did. Can't wait to hear that canon bloodbath. Love y'all. Um, yeah, I pretty much echo everything you said. Um, he disagreed with you over... Well, sort of the time of the hat, but it's fine. Sorry, that, but also, also he, he like Lou mentioned, he enjoyed the interactions with Claire and Ada. I think something we haven't talked upon is, that's not Claire, Leon and Ada, is is the Claire scenarios in terms of her voice. As you said at the beginning, she was difficult to get work with, but um, he's right. His, his the the kind of like lucky jacket bit was the first. I think was the first point in Claire's scenario where I started to warm to Claire. Yeah, I started to get. I think. Uh, 
get get when, it right I, off. Yeah. When I she think, talks I about her parents being dead as well, is, is, is okay. yeah. I was going to say, I think this is the difference between when the original game, where it kind of feels like that connection already happens pretty early on, because obviously Sherry runs away from Claire a couple of times, and then she meets her in the chief's the, the art area behind the chief's office, and that kind of didn't really happen. There's none of that build-up. So when the, the one happens in the the um, cable car, it's good that to see it eventually, but it's taken such a long time so, yes. to get there. It doesn't feel... I think the other thing that we haven't really talked about, and, it, and and it's probably something we should have covered, was Annette and the inconsistency in her character. In some ways, I like the things that they've done with her character in this version compared to the original, because as you said, there's there's some truth about they never quite were able to work out the character. And we kind of touched on a little bit before with Ada, um, how she keeps blaming Annette. I mean, obviously Annette is not, but the problem is with the game, it doesn't know which way to play Annette either. It's like either she's trying to stop William, and it seems like a noble reason because she knows how much of a serious issue this is, but she puts that over Sherry's well-being. And in the original, she still cared a lot for Sherry. There was obviously a lot of that there, and it kind of was against her love for William as well, even though he turned into a monster, and they still haven't even worked that out in this remake which way they want to play that. So she's very inconsistent. So I definitely agree with that as well. Yeah, no, yeah, I think that's an excellent point. Well, thank you, Lou, for that call. I think that was a really, uh, really informative uh, and uh, you know reasoned uh, discussion. I, I share a lot. I think it was a very a, su- a superb game. Now the next call in is from Mike Allison, Wesker's report. This is Wesker's report, Mike Allison, and I'm giving my take on Resident Evil 2 remake. I'll break it down by category, and I'll start with the story. The story is shit. But I know you guys will be covering this on the next show. So I'll just move along to the graphics. The game looks gorgeous. Uh, stunning in places even. Uh, some things I'm not happy with though is that there's no reflection in the puddles of water on the ground. Nothing in the mirrors. It's not like in Remake where you could see yourself beautifully reflected everywhere. Here it's just very monotone in that sense. And the mirrors have just been blotted out, blacked out. There's an interrogation room, but that's it just seems kind of lazy on Capcom's behalf. Everything else looks so stellar. Claire's face and some story selections, uh, in particular at the ending when she sees Leon on the train, just really bizarre. She just has this unnatural weird alien expression on her face. It only happens for a second, but it's just, it reminded me of Mia's neck in RE7's intro. Her mouth too. I mean, in game, she's fine. The gameplay sections, there's nothing wrong. It's just there's still something with this photo technology that Capcom's using, photorealistic, that it's just off when you see the characters' faces up real close. Something with the proportions is just, it's not right. The zombies, there was some clipping issues, like their hands would come through the boarded windows. If you go up real close, you could see, even when you boarded up the windows, yeah. Um, I wanted some lightning with my rain. In, in Remake, it was just so awesome how you could hear the weather outside, the rain pattering against the windows and the walls, and then lightning would come through in the hallway. It would have been really awesome if they had done that, especially with these light effects here. But overall, everything was gorgeous. Looked great. No complaints there. Let's see, moving on to gameplay. Very smooth, very polished. I was very pleased with the overall gameplay. The game wasn't difficult. I mean, this isn't, this is Capcom. It's not FromSoft. What do you expect? But I did die a few times. I played it on standard. So not much else to say about the difficulty level. I, I liked how you had to stand still for your reticle to become more precise. It definitely made me more cautious than I normally would be in over-the-shoulder type environment. That, that was good. The knife mechanic was cool. I liked how you could recover it after the kill. There was a few occasions in the game where I even got stuck, which is really cool. That hasn't happened in forever. I didn't know what to do next. Even with the on-screen map, even with all that hand-holding, I still, uh, it led to some exploration. 
It's good stuff there. Let's see. Trying to think here. I did Leon A and Claire B. Uh, oh, the parking garage with Claire, which was full of liquors. That was great. I was trying to conserve ammo and said, fuck it. Let me just try walking past them. The files always say that. They say, walk quietly past the liquors. Walk quietly. Don't let them hear you. And sure enough, it worked. It was great. It was really great to walk quietly past the liquors. And lo and behold, they didn't attack me. It was quite chilling, just slow stepping right next to them, pat right past into the next area. It was really cool. I, I was pleased. Uh, I, in the original, I don't, can't believe how many times I've gone through the original. And can you do that? I, I would always attack them anyway. I know it said it in the in-game files then too. But anyway, here they really implemented it. It's awesome. I, I, I love doing that. And it lived up to the, to the notes in the files. Sure enough, you could walk right past them. It was really, really good. I was very pleased with that section. Uh, the boss fights G4 and G5 were outstanding. Epic, great, looked great, felt great. G models all had a great aesthetic to them, great design. In contrast though, the, with Leon E, I didn't like the Super Tyrant, Mr. X's Super Tyrant boss fight or, or transformation. It was a bit underwhelming. I know they're going with this more realistic look, but to be honest, it was just, they should have done a little more there. His chase scenes throughout the RPT were good though when he was chasing around the RPD. Uh, G3 was good. Let's see what else. I love the Gator section. I think they did justice to it. Sherry and Ada sections felt tacked on. The extras, I haven't even gone into hunk survivor mode yet. I know once you do that, you get tofu. Oh, the concept art. There's a great unused concept art in there that shows like a sky tram. I don't know if you guys seen it, but it takes you through the raccoon forest and to the umbrella lab. It's the only way you can get there because everything else is blocked off, walled off with wreckage. It's it's really cool. That concept shot would have been, that would have been a nice addition, a nice way to get to the labs. It was, I just, I really like that concept. Uh, all, the, all the concept arts were very well done let's see what else. i'm really surprised at how short the actual game is i mean it's you can really you can just breeze through it it's it, it's it's shocking i mean after the rpd the sewer area really is broken down into two parts uh, the lab is just a quick mix of matching fluid level on an automated machine system nothing compared to vigil it, it's a joke you're just like messing around with water levels a bit more enemy variety would have been welcome can't think of much else gameplay wise so moving on to music from what i could hear it sounded good but other than the final third of the game it's pretty much absent you have to really strain your ears it's weird sometimes i can hear the same room music and sometimes i couldn't hear it and i'm still in the save room like it, it sounded like when i went in you could hear it and then it tuned out which is really odd uh, i mean i guess i don't know how it's broken down when the cues but it's very much in the background very much and i don't know if this is a new phase now with capcom where the sound effects are front and center the music's in the background uh, less enemy variety i mean this is a pattern i'm seeing this is kind of, it kind of feels like a successor to seven this game does more than to the original game uh, it's you know but anyway i don't want to rant on on that but uh the sound effects were really good speaking of which uh, i have a 7.1 headphones that i put on so that binaural sound or whatever was pretty cool uh, aside from the gunshots those kind of felt weak there was no gusto to them they those they were pretty weak uh well that's it fellas i can't really think of anything else but uh keep up the great work and i hope you enjoyed my review wesker out um yeah i mean he doesn't obviously go into the cannon um and that's going to be the big <laughs> I, I fear we would yeah. yeah i'm glad someone else pointed out the fact that the, that the photo realistic stuff has issues with face with the yeah. i'm almost wondering whether you two actually had some sort of collaboration before you came on the podcast nick because because that, <laughs> that that was nearly word for word what you said earlier on genuinely <laughs> <laughs> well great minds think alike i say but it is it was I've always said it that there's something slightly odd about the facial animations with this photo thing. It happened in seven, 
Just watch the opening clip of Seven where Mia goes, hello, you know, to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> How does she go, Nick? It just feels, it, it gives you the creeps. It's like, it's not quite right. It's, well, anyway, but... it's that uncanny valley concept. That's what you're talking about, which is, is that, that it looks what... human enough. Yeah, <laughs> looks human enough, but something's not quite right. So it makes you feel unsettled. It's it's the same. You've seen the Polar Express or any of those Robert Zemeckis, what was it, Beowulf and all those sorts of films. Mm. People were always complaining about it. It's that same idea. It's like, it looks human. And then when you see the movements, they're not quite perfectly accurate to what you expect in real life and so you feel like it's uncomfortable well thank you very much for that call we do have some more uh, i'm going to send an apology out now um brad Prischel, uh thank you for your calling we've had that uh mr spencer's also sent us one uh, as well because uh, he c- couldn't join us and uh, we've also had i've had uh, we've had an email in as well from Axel Red. So he said, Axel Red, going through Remake 2, I noticed a bunch of gameplay mechanics that were from Resident Evil 7 and it kind of felt off to me. I wasn't too sure myself. But who's been leaving all film? Who's been leaving all the film for you to find? You mean all the videotapes? The the vi- yeah, the videotapes and the camera roll. Uh, Are you talking about the film itself, like the rolls of film? The yeah, rolls there, of film. It is very weird that someone's left a roll of film in that locker that's specifically for a commemorative... Like what, what's that one? I can't remember which one's the commemorative photo. I can't remember, but it is very weird. And why people have been taking photos of the um, of the um, plaques with the puzzles on them, just in case. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that is, that's just a game. It's like it's a story <laughs> for the purposes of a gameplay element. I try not to think about the canonicity of that fact. You do that with movies all the time. When it's like, oh, why did such and such do that? And it's just like it's because it moves the story forward and oh, this it moves the gameplay forward. I mean, you know, getting getting the photos in the um, in the original Resident Evil Two was really great. Like when you first picked up the Tyrant photo, that was like a great insight to something that you know is coming up in the game later whereas in this it's just solve a puzzle that's all the photos are for that that is the difference the 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 ones that existed there usually had some sort of plot connection and yeah um and reasoning for why they were confiscated because often it was like someone lurking around the sewers was arrested and their stuff was confiscated from them so that makes sense but you know we're gonna we're gonna rest assured everybody we're gonna get into this Mm. We will, we will, and that, I think that's when we're actually going to do a proper review of the game. I think, um, and then we can, we can review it all together, and we'll have two, almost like two scores uh, at the uh, in in episode fifty-one. So uh, I think that probably does wrap up what, uh, our main our main discussion for now. I'm sure we're going to we're going to come back to obviously the next one, and, and probably again and again. We've got Ghost Survivors coming up as well. Uh, free mm. DLC, so we'll be talking about that and um, possible canon. But in terms of a, a final thought and summary of the game in a, in isolation, uh, Batman, what's your what's your overall opinion on on the uh, on remake two? I think the best way I can sum it up is when when Resident Evil came out on the original Sony PlayStation. It was my favourite game when I was a kid. You know, it spawned an obsession that's lasted two decades for me. And when the first remake came out, it was so perfect to the point that even when I played it for the first time, I instinctively knew I'd probably hardly touch the original again. And that proved to be the case because I could probably count on one hand the amount of hours I've spent with the original. Bear in mind, that was probably one of my favourite games of all time. With Remake 2, as brilliant as it is, I don't think I can say the same thing. There are too many things that I prefer with the original game 
that will keep me playing the original game on a frequent basis, probably more than this. And that's the defining thing for me. If I want to enjoy a story-focused Raccoon City experience, I'll forever play Cameo's original. However, this game is so much fun, and it is brilliant, that if I ever feel like a quick fix of classic Resident Evil nostalgia with a modern twist, Remake 2 will be my default game. I'll give it a 9 out of 10. Very good. Uh, Bromby? Uh, I'm going to say very similar things. I think inherently I will be very happy to see more games in the future in this style that have this balance of puzzle and difficulty and gameplay fun that isn't a remake. And I think that's inherently the difference. As a a remake experience, it does not replace the original. And it's exactly like John said. Like if if, If I had to pick in the original remake over the original game, it's very much a tough decision for me. I have such a big place for both of them whereas here it's a very obvious choice i would still always enjoy the original resident evil 2 for what it is and this is an entirely different game and it is a reimagining and it, 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 you know to use the word remake is the, is the worst thing it's not a remake it is a complete reimagining and i'm happy as a, re, as a reimagining and it's very good as a reimagining so in that respect as a game it's a solid 9 out of 10 as a resident evil remake it's like a 6 and when we talk about other stuff later on i will probably revise that again Again, based on what I have to think about more later on. Stars <laughs> <laughs> turn. Okay, Resident Evil 2 Remake is one of the best gameplay experiences you will play in this series. It is wonderful. Its presentation is top-notch, and it can't stand in the shadow of the original Resident Evil 2. That's how I feel about it. The, the original wow. Resident Evil 2 is just too perfect. It, it's too timeless. It's too much of a classic. So the fact that we can even say that this game can be considered in the same sort of spectrum to me as a triumph for this game. You know, and, and on that, I think as a game, as a Resident Evil title, it's a 9 out of 10. I agree with you guys. I think it's really, really solid. I think it's almost reference quality modern Resident Evil. This is exactly what I think the fans have been asking for for 15 years, since before probably mm. even, you know, around the Resident Evil 4 era. This is what... People imagined the classic Resident Evil experience brought into the modern day would be, you know, when camera angles were finally abandoned. I think this is it. I think this is this is this is this is it. As a remake, it's incomparable to how timeless and perfect I think the original is. Strap yourselves in because the canon debate is going to be a bloodbath. But I've got a very very clear idea on what I think the canon situation is going forward, and I'm fairly confident with that. And I don't think people will be unhappy either. I think I'll, I'll leave this as a preview. I think both can coexist, and that's a compliment to the remake. There you go. I would echo everything that's been said. I think it's one of the best, if not the best, survival horror experiences I've ever had. And it certainly harked back to the survival horror games that I grew up loving. I think Capcom are on a roll with Resident Evil 7. Uh, and to an extent, Revelations 2, I might add. I think that, that also helped pave the way in uh, ensuring that more of a creepy atmosphere was necessary compared to what came before it. So between Revelations 2, 7, and now Remake, or Reimagining 2, I think Capcom are hitting their stride, and I can only hope RE8 is in the same manner. But I would agree with the score for the game itself. I I could not recommend it highly enough. And I I would also certainly recommend it as a jumping-in point for many fans as well. 
I think it's a really good game to play this like this. Now learn more by playing the original and the re- you know, and and three and Code Veronica and all that. That's my view. Uh, I would also, yes, the canon debate is going to be interesting, and I'll leave that at that as well. <laughs> we have time. I think we have time to squeeze in this podcast edition of Neptune's <laughs> Biohazard Quiz. <laughs> the quiz, a test of knowledge especially as a competition between individuals or teams as a form of entertainment, usually hosted by a quiz master. Can I just ask if you had all of these uh, questions independently verified? It's not you've done every one of these quizzes, <laughs> I think oh, we should be. I think we should answer another question, don't you? Already fallen into controversy. Already fallen into to be expected. I, I'm once again Nick is at the centre of that. <laughs> this is Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. Everyone can clear their notepads. So some questions come in from uh, our, our fans out there who have kindly sent me some questions. You'll be pleased to know they're all remake two themed. So how have you been paying attention? Probably not. Because you, because for one of the questions you really, really would have. So <laughs> the, <laughs> the first three questions do come in from Brad Bishel, who uh, really apologise for doing your recall, uh, call in. That's next week, next time, I promise. So question number one, according to the pamphlet, how much is the admission to the Raccoon City Jazz Festival? Mm. This requires research Look. and things like that. I can't remember. <laughs> Welcome to Jazz Club. <laughs> That's a canon question. It's got to be for next week, that one. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Question number two. What was the name of the cheerleader Rick is talking about in his email to Wayne? Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, these are brutal people. Final one from Brad. Question number three. On what day was Leon supposed to start at the RPD? Question number four comes in from Axel Red. Which of the keys is absent from Leon's game? in terms of which of the uh, precinct keys is absent from Leon's game. And finally, a real humdinger from Ploppy54. <laughs> in the Watchman's room, what is the score on the dartboard? <laughs> that's, hey, that's not a... That's a, I actually am going to give kudos for that one. I don't think that I know the answer at all, but that's... <laughs> well, join us after this when we'll run through those answers. You can leave your hand on. So, question number one was, how much was the pamphlet to Raccoon City Jazz Fest? Batman. I'm going to guess $8. Okay, Star Tyrant. I'm just going to guess at 10 uh, Rombie. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's 10 
it is ten dollars. Kids are free under ten, but ten dollars it is. I can't. I can't remember what the safe combination is. Is it SXK or something or ZS? No, either Z S or S Z. God, I've done it so many times. I should remember this. There we go. Question number two: What was the name of the cheerleader Rick talking about in his email to Wayne Romby? Did you know this one? I cannot remember for the life of me. No, I knew. I remember the file, but I don't remember. It's one of the. It's the last email I think out of the series of emails I remember that much. Yes, yes. Uh, Batman, did you know? I don't know. Is it begins with a J? Is it Joanne, John, something like that? I'm not sure. Stars don't. It's Rebecca Chambers wearing a cheerleader outfit from Deadly Silence. <laughs> did you know? No. no. Not at all. Uh, no. But- it's Susie or Suze. 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 Question number three. On what day was Leon supposed to start at the RPD? Stars Tarrant. I don't know. He says he, he says he was due to start a week ago, so I'm just going yeah, to take seven off 29 and go 22. Sorry, second. Batman. I think it's September 25th. Rombi. I had 24th. <laughs> Point to Batman. It's the 25th. Oh, very good. Damn. 8 a.m. start. Is that in a the file then, or does it? It's in the file that's in his inventory at the start oh, of the game. Oh, shit. Yeah. I, I, I remember it being like not too many days beforehand, but I couldn't remember the exact date, so my guess was 24th. So, damn. It's close. It's pretty close. Question number four Which of the precinct keys is absent from Leon's game? Batman. It's the heart key, I think. Okay. Starstone. It is the heart key. Rombie. Yeah, I'm 100% confident it's the heart key. She gets it from the is picture the, frame. Does it is the heart key points all around there. And finally, what is the score in the dart on the dartboard? <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Uh, probable guesses, I think. Rombi? 165. 165, that's a very Is that possible in three? I don't know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> uh, Stars Tower? 180. <laughs> the obvious one. Batman? 72. <laughs> Points to no, Batman. <laughs> No, in this reimagining world, he just doesn't get the points. It's 109. Oh. Uh. And so let's look at those final scores. And it's a draw for everyone. Everyone's a winner or a loser, depending on your point of view. Everyone scores two points. <laughs> so, and thank you, everyone, for the uh, calls. I've got some more as well for next week. I have offered some next week for next podcast. So we can, we've got some more coming uh for you guys as well so thank you very much for listening to the uh to the quiz join us next time we'll have some more questions Well, that has been an extremely lengthy podcast. I apologise. We we knew it was going to be a long, uh, long podcast because uh, such such is the uh, the anticipation of this game. There's so many points, and I don't feel we've even well, we haven't touched, we haven't quite gone into the detail regarding the canon issues, and I'm sure there's still going to be some lingering points that we want to bring up in episode 51 as well. So long, in fact, it sounds like you're losing your voice. I know, my voice is going, there we go. It's midnight, it's midnight, it's bedtime. So, um, I hope we can record episode 51 fairly quickly, actually, to try and keep on uh, the hype train going, because I think it's starting to settle down now as to uh, the canon issues and more people are starting to question well yeah, I, like, I like the game I like the game but where, where does it fit what's its place in this world and I think more people will start asking questions and then that's what we're going to be focusing on and that's where the uh, the debate's going to be moving forward 
So on that note, I thank everyone for uh, listening. I thank everyone for um, calling in. Apologies again for the people we couldn't quite get around to. You will be on the next one, I can, assure, I can assure you. I can assure you. And thank you for the questions as well. So it's goodbye for me, Neptune. Goodbye for me, Batman. Goodbye for me, Stars Tyrant. Goodbye for me, Robbie. Ooh.